0: Ryan Rising, I am your host Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. My Wi Fi is a little off there in the beginning, it just popped back on full. So, namaste, there I am. Welcome, everybody, right? Bryce, welcome. What is up, my brother? It's been a while, right? Reese, welcome. Tony, welcome. Denise, welcome. You give me a shout out in the chat, otherwise, I don't know you're here. See, now my Wi Fi is dipping down again. So it was perfect, and now it's, it's dipped down a little bit, so I'm probably coming in all squirrely. But now it's back, so we'll, we'll, we just got to deal with it. I got the military flying around. I got, you know, uh, uh, four international air st- air stations here within 25 miles of me, and they all fly out this way, right, <laughs> unless they're heading south, right? So if you're going up north or, uh, to, you know, over up into the mountains, they come this way, right? So I end up having problems. Jacob. Welcome, my brother. What's up? Sounds good now, right? Sounds good on that end? All right, good. Doing good now, Bryce says. Got a divorce last year. I remember you were working on that, right? That was all squirrely. (laughs) Glad to catch up on the show. Hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Glad to have you back. I remember you were having issues and and you were going to get a divorce, so you did do that. You said you'd be back and you made it, brother. Welcome. I'm glad you made it through that. Uh, Hopefully things are going well for you, right? I mean, you know, I'm me. Right, I'm 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 going through a divorce too, but I haven't we haven't actually filed. We did, right? But that was like three years ago. I think you remember that we talked about that. So I'm still married to the woman I'm married to, even though we're 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 split up and have been split up for five years. <laughs> we're still legally married, right? <laughs> so I, I remember. I know what you're going through, buddy. Right. So okay, it's Friday night. That means alien interview, Roswell interview, uh, from 1947. The government claimed it never happened. Uh, they claimed that this nurse, um never existed. And I remember, uh, uh, going through as I was, you know, growing up and learning about UFOs and trying to do all the research and find all this stuff going on. I remember, I remember hearing about this nurse more than once. And, uh, then there was a, I think they even uh, on the history channel or somewhere on some documentary mentioned her and how the government claimed she never existed and gave her the Bob Lazar treatment. We don't know who that person is. She never worked here. We have no clue. In fact, that person isn't even in the military, yada, yada. So just before her death a few years ago, she took all the information that she had and she turned it over to a uh, to a reporter who put this whole uh, thing together. This video is four hours. And um, we've been breaking it down. Today's part 18, the 18th week of us breaking this down. Uh, and uh, talking about it, and you know, I don't doubt that this is a real alien. However, I doubt her intentions and um, some of the the lies that she's making up. So I'm pointing out that stuff, and also trying to glean um, her real motive and and who she represents uh, in the background by what she doesn't say or what she does say. And you guys know all that if you've been here before. So share this out, share this out, share this out. I believe that this is a a real uh, alien, not an interview, because. Uh, interview suggests that there's a question and answer session, and there really isn't any of that going on. She refuses to ask or answer any questions by what she calls the gallery, quote unquote, with my fingers in the air, uh, and that's the CIA in the next room, right? So, um, right? So Bryce, so Bryce with an update. Bryce said, "Yeah, I remember that. Uh, remember those things? Uh, they're they're a lot better. Good, and I got my kids full time. Rock on, brother." Right. So you share to a a few friends. Hope they get to the views. Thank you, Tony. I hope so, too. Right. Uh, This is some good stuff that we're talking about. But those people who are supposed to show up will. Right. Those people who are supposed to be here will uh, find. I I do that with everything. That's why I don't worry about. Uh, trying to get ratings. If I wanted to get ratings, I wouldn't be talking about any of the stuff I talk about. <laughs> right? If I was trying to be a rock star, I would not talk about spirituality, nor would I talk about politics, nor would I talk about aliens, right? This is all those are the three dead subjects that that get you killed. People run away from you. You're a lunatic if you do that. Right. So so me talking about this kind of stuff isn't isn't for the mainstream. They're not ready for it. They don't want to hear about it right now. They're afraid. They're scared, right? <laughs> right, and that's the truth. Uh, Tony said, "Your vibe attracts your your tribe." Amen. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the truth, brother. That that's uh, you know, uh, and I look at that in and in, uh, in a spiritual sense the same way. Those people who are ready, you know, uh, ready to hear this message that I bring, they're going to gravitate and they're going to find me. So those who don't don't. And you know, some people uh, talk about cars and get a million. Uh, a million views. I could talk about, you know, TNA and get all kinds of views and show you guys pictures of hot chicks. And then I would be all popular because then I would have a bunch of haters saying that I'm, uh, you know, abusing women and showing their bodies and yada, yada. You know what I mean? So it'd be controversial. And the next thing you know, you know, that like uh, Vince McMahon said, the owner of WWE, uh, or uh, yeah, they're WWE now, used to be WWF, WWE, uh, all press is good press. So if they hate you, they're talking about you. If they love you, they're talking about you. It's when they don't care about you that you drop off the face of the earth. That's why movie stars, actors, and people do outlandish stupid shit to get themselves in the news. If they're talking about you, whether it's good or bad, they're still talking about you, right? So I could do that and create controversy, right? Right, But I I don't do that, right? So I I end up doing, uh, you know, other things. Now we have uh, somebody speaking in Spanish. I'm going to have to translate that to find out what he's saying, right? yeah because i can't tell if he's uh yep i'm gonna have to translate that i'll show it to you guys and then we'll then we'll then i'll translate it and we'll see what it says right <laughs> he's saying ladies and gentlemen so i i think he's i think he's trying to to uh let's let's go to google translate and see what it is that he actually says there yeah we'll, we'll punch it in into that and see what happens right and see if see if uh, if dude is uh is a troll, or if he's just trying to be cool, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I can copy that and paste it. I'm pretty sure I can't do it from there, yeah, because just give me the, the hide. So, if anybody understands Spanish, too, you let me know what uh, whether, whether that guy's trolling us or not, right? I'm not sure if he is, yeah, he's selling something, right? He is, right tango 950,000 euros. Yeah, he's he's freaking trying to sell something here. So, we'll have to just end his career. Delete that comment and if he continues, we'll buddy we'll have to delete you, okay? All right. Yeah, right? <laughs> Your content is 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 a uh, uh yeah, is is real stuff on uh, you find on Facebook, right? I mean, you know, it's true, right? I know, right? I should have had first Pina when you need him to translate, right, Jake? He would have just given us the whole thing. would have said, that guy's doing blah, 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 right? So, (laughs) yeah, right? Okay, so share this out, share this out, share this out, like I said, uh, and we'll get into it. I backed it up a few, uh, about a minute. Remember I said that we ended at three hours and 15 minutes. I went went back to 3.14.37, and then uh, Cheryl, welcome. uh, Divine Tiffany, welcome. Uh, um, Julia, I don't know if I said welcome, but welcome. I don't know if I said that to you, and I, I didn't see you in there until just now, so I'm trying to see who else here. Oh, Donald! Hi, welcome, Donald. I didn't see you there either. All right, hello from hello from Kansas, Kansas. Donald says, "Well, hello out here in California, buddy." Uh, so, yeah, like I said, show this out, Show this out. Uh, we're going to get into it. This is an in real alien interview that took place in 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. In the uh, uh, they they had her the the alien is a female named Errol. Uh, they had her in the infirmary for a while, but then they moved her to a secure location within the base. And the nurse um, was the only person who could telepathically link up to, or the only person that the alien would speak to, uh, and uh, you know through um, mental telepathy. And then they started these sessions of uh, channeling, and she would have questions, and, and she, basically the alien was doing all the talking. And I'm picking that apart because. There's a lot of stuff that the alien is talking about that's just nonsense, bullshit, and she uh, contradicts herself a lot, um, so that's annoying, right? Big T, welcome, welcome. Seeing some new faces in here today, that's a good sign, right? I know that my, my voice is probably off there for a second, uh, once you guys hear the, the, the uh, lag there, because then my Wi-Fi was tripping for a minute, but now it's back and it's doing good, right? So um, I, I'm going to go ahead and start. Let me let me re- re- cue this
1: into the stream here. Of through negotiation and then pause it because as soon as I do it turns
0: on and it's and it's a good thing I'm not on the picture. You don't need to see my ugly mug. I got it in full screen there. So uh, like I said, the the um, I backed it up a few seconds so that you can get the gist of what she's talking about. Now I know that. It's a male, uh, I don't know if it's a human or if it's a computer that was reading this. It's pretty fluent. So I think it's a guy because he snorted a couple of times and giggled a couple of other times. And you guys last week thought it was me that snorted. And I was like, did he just snort? And I rewound it. And I was like, look, I'm muting my mic. You can see that. That wasn't me. He snorted. <laughs> right? So, yeah. So here's here's Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Aliens. Mm. Right? So here's a troll. Right. So Jerome, if you're trolling, bro, don't bother coming in here and trolling. We don't give a crap about you. I'll just boot you. Right. So if you want to stay around and check it out, that's cool. I'll let you. But if you, if you continue to troll, bro, there's other places and other things that you can fight. Right. Go find somewhere else to play. This is not a place for children. It's a play for a place for uh, adults and intellectual minds. So if you're a troll, please um, leave. But if you do continue, I'll just boot you. Right. So there you go. You got your name up in lights. Right? So you can brag to your friends that I said your name on air on my pathetic little show about aliens. Right? So you got your little, and then you had to do it all in capital letters too. So that's so funny when you guys do that. (laughs) Right? I know. I know. Right? Donald, I agree with you. It makes me mad when you see those people that are closed minded. And then they go and they have to troll other people. Right? And then I bet you, I bet you Jerome believes the Earth is flat too. Right? And that NASA's all a lie and the whole thing's made up. Right? He wants to believe all the conspiracy theories. But yet, Aliens can't be real because they must be demons, right? Because he's probably a Christian fundamentalist too and brainwashed, right? So, but we're the crazy ones. That's what's crazy. That's what's, what's, I I love that it's gotten to the point where if you believe in aliens, they consider you crazy, yet they don't believe that there's other life forms in the universe besides humans. And but they believe in demons, (laughs) right? They believe that the aliens are demons or the devil. Right? So I think that's hilarious. And I'm a Christian minister. You guys are out of control. You guys just got something wrong. And then they say, people who believe in UFOs got something wrong with their brain. Really? (laughs) That's denial. Do you know the sky's blue? Okay. So we're going to go ahead and continue. And like I said, if, if, uh, if Jerome Sanders there continues, I'll just uh, block his butt. He won't be able to come back in anyway. So, Jerome, you're welcome to stay around, my friend, and um, take a look. But I think you're already gone. Trolls usually do that. They pop in and they go, oh, bleh, caca, 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 and then they just leave. And then they usually block the guy that they trolled on, right? And they think they had to, they, this is game that they do all day. They have life is so pathetic that all they have in their life is, because they have obviously no control because somebody obviously beats them and controls them and treats them like shit because people who are bullies are being bullied, always, 100%. So if he's a troll, then he's got something wrong with him, and um, he can't help himself. He has to troll, and to him, he's laughing and with this, you know, the evil snicker. <laughs> I just went in there and trolled him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I trolled him. Yeah, I'm out of here. I told them. And then he's gone, right, and then nobody remembers him. He's like that kid who they sent to go and get Achilles, Uh, And he said to Achilles, that's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. I wouldn't want to face him. And Achilles said to him, that's why history will not know your name. And will not remember your name is what he actually said. And no one to this day knows who that kid was. But they know the account of it because Achilles told the account. People can say he made that up. But some people say that we made up Achilles and that he wasn't real either. Anything that's not now, right, happening now, we can put a camera on. Everybody trolls it and says, well, there's no definitive proof that that guy was alive ever. Right, We don't have his body mummified somewhere, but that's because they burned mummies when they found them. So if they did find Jesus anytime before uh, 1895, somebody probably burned his ass for firewood. Think about that in the realistic sense. All right, let's continue with or start, continue because we're on week 18, but start for today. Alien uh, interview now that we got the trolls out of the way for the day. The children are gone to bed now, so the adults can now have a conversation. <laughs> Here we go.
1: Between ourselves and other companies. The negotiations usually resulted in compromises requiring further modification to our creatures or to theirs or both. This is a part of science or art you call eugenics. In some cases, changes were made in a planetary environment, but not often, as planet building is much more complex than making changes to an individual life form. Coincidentally, a friend of
0: Right, Julie? Uh, Julie said, i put it up on the screen. I'll read it for you guys on the MP3 file. And he has no clue what the discussion is actually about, right? We're, we're actually discounting said alien interview. <laughs> Judge much? Right. I mean, he doesn't even know what we're – he's like, oh, aliens. And then he runs away, and he has no idea that I'm cutting apart what the – I would. he would probably agree with our assessment of what's going on. This, You know what I mean? Which is hilarious. And but no, he doesn't even know that. He just saw this alien interview. Oh, here we go, aliens. I'm out. And he's looking for anything else that's alive that he can control. That he control. He has no no life. Obviously, people who troll don't have a life. That's their life. They're like, I'm gonna have like 45 nanoseconds of fame when I tell somebody off and block them and run away before they can even say anything to me or block me. Ha ha ha! Told them, right? Never see him again because he blocks you. But but he what he had, he told you. <laughs> it is hilarious. Okay, here we go.
1: An engineer with whom I used to work with at the Arcadia Regeneration Company a long time after I left the company told me that one of the projects they contracted to do in more recent times was to deliver life forms to Earth to replenish them after a war in this region of the galaxy devastated most of the life on the planets in this region of space. This would have been about 70 million years ago. The skill required to modify the planet into an ecologically interactive environment that will support billions of diverse species was an immense undertaking. Specialized consultants from nearly every biotechnology company in the galaxy were brought in to help with the project. What you now see on Earth is the huge variety of life forms left behind. Your scientists believe that the fallacious theory of evolution is an explanation for the existence of all life forms here. The truth is that all life forms on this and any other planet in this universe were created by companies like ours. How else can you explain the millions of completely divergent and unrelated species of life on land and in the oceans of this planet? How else Let's see,
0: how else can I explain that? Um Let's see, guys, a show of hands. How many people, how else can we de- explain how there's so many diverse animals on this planet in the ocean and in the air and on the land and on the sea and in the stars, in the moons, in the skies, above lions and tigers and bears? Oh, my. Let's see. Um, one word. God. How else will you explain that? It was a company that I worked for 1700 trillion years ago and this person who's been alive for 1700 trillion years, right? Again, has the has the language, the understanding and the wisdom that I have. In fact, I would wager that those of us in this audience probably have more. Yeah, yeah, Donald God. <laughs> wait, wait, Jacob the Anunnaki, right? <laughs> But <laughs> not her, not some company. There's another, right? But yeah, God, right? Now, the Anunnaki didn't exist, Jake, just so you know. There's no such thing as anu- as the Anunnaki, right? And and, uh, and everybody who says the Anunnaki, I refer to them always to the, to the linguistic translations. And those people who have uh, licenses as linguists who actually understand Mesopotamian language uh, and have actually translated it, and they're fluent in speaking it, reading it, and writing it, and they will explain to you that the word Anunnaki, what you think is Anunnaki, as in two words, those from the heavens came to earth, um, is a mistranslation, right? It's a mistranslation. The word Anu is not in the Mesopotamian language whatsoever, okay? But it is in the Arcadian language, which is a, a, you know, a Greek uh, group of people that existed at the same time as Mesopotamian, slightly further east. OK, so when uh, when uh, Stitchin saw the words that you see on the screen there, Anunnaki, he assumed that Anu was the god Anu, which is the Greek word for a god named Anu, an Arcadian word, not a Mesopotamian word. And he stuck with that and he used that translation and said, OK, the word ki, K-I, means comes. So the word Anu must mean the god Anu. And, and then you have the Na, right? And so he then translated the Na as, uh, as, uh, uh, as actually, uh, you know, comes down or comes to or arrives at. And then he took that liberty to say Anunnaki were those from the heavens came. And from that, ancient aliens, the guys in ancient aliens, created an entire species of people saying there was this God Anu and the people were the Anunnaki. And that meant the God from heaven came to earth. The actual translation of that word is two words, right? It's, it's not three words, it's two words. It's actually Anunna and the word key. Okay? In Mesopotamian, there is a word that is Anunna, and that means royalty, the prince or the king. Not a god, not somebody from off of earth, but somebody from the palace. Okay. So what he what the scroll actually reads is the prince or the king came to the city. Okay, that's what that actually means in real life. There is no such species in the universe called the Anunnaki. None. That was invented when Zachariah Stitchin mistranslated the word Anuna as Anu, the god, a Greek god, which was also a mistranslation, not of the Mesopotamian word Anuna. You can look this up. I actually had a video that I posted last time when I talked about this for you guys to see. An eight-minute video that you guys could watch after the show where a linguist who understands and explains to you that the Mesopotamians wrote dictionaries. So they actually have dictionaries that tell what every word means, just like we do, in their language. And they have translated those. They're readily available for anyone to look at on the planet and these guys know the entire language there is no such word as anunnaki there is no such word as anu in the mesopotamian language the reference was to the king or the prince coming from the palace to the city in that particular scroll okay so so people believing in anunnaki as a as a people to me is the same as people believing the earth is flat right although there was a time when everyone thought the earth was flat there's never been a time when anyone other than now in the in the 21st century believed that there is a race of people called the Anunnaki. That was invented when Zach Stitchin in the in the what was that in like 1968 or nine when he translated the scrolls or whenever that was, or before that whenever it was I think it was 48 49, and he translated it wrong and it's been proven over and over and over but people ignore the proof and drive the narrative it's kind of like what's going on in the news today with Rittenhouse house became uh, acquitted of all charges found innocent of all charges and now all the news agencies and are, are are trying to spin it in some way that he's still guilty and that it's white supremacy and that, that that's a, it's a racism and that's why because he was a white guy funny he shot other white people no racist stuff going on there whatsoever no one got injured that was any other race besides white, as a matter of fact. If anything, because one guy's name was Rosenbaum, you could say he was a Jew. Do you understand? So they're still saying it was racially motivated and that he was entitled to become free because he was white. And he, and that therefore automatically makes it that he's going to be free in the beginning. So it was predetermined that he was going to be free from the get-go because he's white. And because all people that are white never go to jail for any crimes. That's why there's so many white people in jails. Right. So it's the same thing. So the Anunnaki do not exist. No such people ever existed in. It was a wrong translation. And that translation was translated wrong on purpose, not by by stitching, but by the powers that should not be the, the, the people that I think Errol represents. Right. Because it, was, because it is the Orion Confederation, the Orion Crusaders, the evil people from Orion that know that the Matrix is controlled by us. And if they can convince us that we're a slave labor race or in a penal colony, they can either come here as our saviors or as our creators. So they want the narrative to be believed that Anunnaki is somebody real. So that if enough people believe that this—that we're a slave labor force or in jail and can't get out, they can show up and say, hi, we're your saviors or we're your creator gods. We're this fabled Anunnaki. Okay? So they don't exist. You can look this up. And, I, and it bothers me when people that I, t- that I think are intelligent say, oh, the Anunnaki. I'm like, okay, so I'm sorry. Can you tell me where in history you can find the Anunnaki except for the one-word translation of Zacharias Ditchin? please. Show me the Anunnaki in history th- that, it, that wasn't invented after that translation because there's all kinds of videos, there's all kinds of, of people that, that talk about it after that translation. There's nothing in history that shows that the, there was a people called the Anunnaki, there was a god called Anu, but that was also translated wrong, it's a misinterpretation, right? So, yeah, fallen angels misinterpreted. Well, see, there's the thing, right? And, and that all relies on one book again, as a scholar. Of Christianity, fallen angels only appear in the Christian doctrine. There are some people that are evil, but that whole war with Satan and the angels being cast out of heaven that happens in one religion only on the face of this earth. One Christianity. That's it. Okay. So there is nothing in history in any other religion, even the religion that Christianity was spawned from, that tells that same narrative. There just isn't. There is a dichotomy and a battle between good and evil that takes place. And then there's some treachery that takes place. where murdering between the gods that take place, but there is no actual battle between good and evil with the, with the evil being equal to God and them sitting around making deals and playing chess with the human race. That happens only in Christianity and only in the, uh, in the, in the near uh, I should say the neo Christianity, uh, meaning that even in the in the Jewish religion, it, it kind of took hold, but that was borrowed from because there was no hell, there was no devil until the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church introduced that concept at one of the councils. It wasn't Nicaea; it was before that, and they kind of adopted that whole purgatory hell thing and wrote that into it. That came from Asia, and that was in the advent of the of the people in China. They incorporated that whether it was right or wrong, we don't know. But it also smacks of their religion outside of Judeo-Christian ideology. The, their their ancient religions, their Taoists and their and the Buddhist and the Zen uh, uh, religions of purgatory, they borrowed those religions or that part of it. And why wouldn't they? It's like the Catholics when they were trying to uh, to convert the pagans uh, uh, throughout Europe, they changed all the holidays that they had already established to to meet the uh, the, uh, the deity figures of the new races that they were trying to conquer. Therefore, you had Jesus dying in the winter time. Uh, and being reborn in the spring or th- what you had was his birthday was moved from July or September to to the to the uh, solstice in December. And and then you had his his death be actually in springtime before all the other gods died during Lent of the of the Catholic religion. When when everything died, all the plants died. That was when the God died. That's when Pan died. That's when the God died and then was reborn uh, by the goddess in the springtime. And then Jesus, of course, is crucified and is resurrected in the springtime. And the, so what, is, what does that have to do with fertility? What does it have to do with a rabbit giving birth, right? That's from the old religion. Okay, so the same thing happened here. There was no devil. There was no hell. None of that existed until the Eastern Orthodox Church brought it into uh, into, uh uh, uh, the the uh, councils and that eventually got adopted because they like the idea of telling people you can control the masses if you can scare them. Do what we say, or you're going to go to this evil place where you're devoid of God and you're never going to return. You know that's you're going to be your sentence. And then it and then it it it, it uh, continued to go. Now, is there some truth to it? Yes, because in the universe, the grand scheme of the universe, and the way things work, you can get halfway through the sixth the density, the sixth dimension. Well, being evil, but you can't go any further. That's purgatory. That's hell is there because you don't get to ascend anymore unless you change your ways and go back to the other side. Then you can then you can ascend closer and closer to the one. Okay, but they would have you believe they're equal because they need you to think that so that you would be afraid of them. Or it's also more attractive if they're equal and you have a tendency to be a little darker. You might go down the dark path because you think, hey, I can become the devil someday and be equal to God. Right. But it's just not true. So there's a lot of things that we cling to, these truths that are just made up. They're just made up. Right. There's others that I don't want to get into that has to do with politics, but we'll do that on another show. Let's get back to the alien um uh, in question here and what she's saying, but I'm sorry, Jake. I, I'm, you just said Anunnaki, and I had to. I'm sorry, buddy, that I had to to put that out there. It's sort of like a one of those things that bugs me when people go the Anunnaki. I'm like, really? Where, where are those people? Show me in history where they lived. There is nothing. It's all just created by and after Zacharias Ditchin's interpretation of Anunnaki. Those two words, which he translated wrong. It's just like Dan Brown pointed out in uh in uh, the da vinci code that the word holy blood holy grail right if you have the words sangreal as one word it means one thing and if you split it into two words song one means dna bloodline the other means uh means uh holy blood right and so one means holy dna one means dna and uh and descendants and the other just means that jesus is, was was holy so they want you to believe that Jesus was holy and not the other way around. But what if that's what they were actually trying to tell you—that Jesus was a royal bloodline, meaning he had descendants, right? We don't want to get involved in that, but he had to have a wife to be called a a, a, a teacher, and that's what the word rabbi translates into into English. So that you know, they, so just so you know, I mean, there's my 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 uh, religious doctrine right I, I you know you know i didn't get just uh, uh in, you know ordained as a minister without any kind of uh learning and teaching about the religions of the planet i've spent my entire life learning about those i don't know everything but i know uh, quite a bit right? <laughs> yeah donald says man you're deep i love to hear your opinion this is the first time i've heard you well thank you for being here uh you should hear my wednesday show because that's all about spiritualism Uh, On Wednesdays, this one I kind of get into it because it has to do with you know the whole alien thing and everything that's going on. Everything goes back to that. I mean, I'm I'm going to be talking on the 27th. Uh, We're going to do a promo uh, coming up on Tuesday of next week at 3:30 my time, unless we change the time. They've been hammering that out online. I'm going to have all the guest speakers that are going to be speaking uh, on the show. That we're doing a webinar that Stephen and Evan Strong uh, in uh, out of Australia have put on, and we're on the sixteenth 16th, one 16th, 16th episode, sixteenth 16th, um, conference. Uh, And we're talking about our galactic origins, and I will be speaking there. I have an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes, or an hour and forty-five, something like that. I'm going to be speaking there, but that's a paid event. You guys will have to pay for it. But the one on Tuesday, you'll get a little hint about uh, the background of all of the uh, speakers and what we're going to talk about. A little bit of what we're going to talk about uh, on that Saturday, which is a week from tomorrow. Uh, and if you're in Australia, it's actually on Sunday because everybody's ahead of the West coast of America, but there's a link that you can look from on my page, uh, to find, and uh, we'll be talking about that then. And I'll be getting into more details, Donald, the reason why I say that as to everything I've just been talking about with the creation stories, uh, what you just heard is going to be in that. And then there's going to be a lot more. Okay. So, um, Right. Yeah. So you, you should also yeah if you're if you're digging what I'm saying, you should look back at my archives, bro. Uh, They're on Facebook on uh, and take a look at the different shows that I've done, because you'll probably you'll probably disagree with me on some things because not everybody agrees with everybody on everything. Right. Let's just be serious. Uh, but yeah. OK, so today let's get back into Arrow the Alien. Uh, And what she's saying. Right. And um, again, I believe that she is an alien, but I don't believe that she's this alien that has lived for more than 17 trillion years because she actually has, you know, her, her the way she speaks. I know that they try to talk to come through to you in concepts with mental telepathy. And I talked about that on Wednesday about your own self. When we were talking about dreams, about your own mind, your own, your, your higher self, your actual soul personality thinks in conceptual um, reality, not words. Your brain translates the concept, and then your mouth speaks the, the words of the concept. Your brain is trying to unravel from your soul hitting the brain with the idea. Okay, so... Um, so, so the, the so it's I, that's understandable because if you look at, I just did the love one for uh, two years and ten months, and I had to translate that because uh, you know because he, he was coming through they raw they the the whole entire species was coming through Carla talking like a nuclear physicist because Don was, in fact, a nuclear physicist. So he understood the verbiage and they were picking words that he would understand. So it's possible that Errol's doing the same thing and picking words that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, McElroy understands uh, or McElroy, however you say her last name. But that doesn't necessarily um, translate. My point is because she's still saying things in a very three dimensional Uh, mindset to where even if you're, if you're not, and you're trying to express and you're talking to children, you're still going to come across, even though you're trying to make it as simple as possible and trying to sound like Mr. Rogers, you're still going to be saying words, some words that the kids just don't get. Okay. You can't always censor yourself and just say the words that the kids understand. Right. So she's this, this malevolent alien that's been around for more than 17 trillion years. She's pretty simple minded. Is my point. And, I, and, I, and I've talked to somebody who claims they've been around longer than that. OK. And that person doesn't talk like this, even though that person is a human being and talks with a human voice. That person still tends to talk kind of cryptic and, and kind of over your head in some ways. And that's hard to do when, when you're talking about religion or, or the history of the religions on the world and off world to me. Because I've studied that and I've, you know, not just the religions here, but all of the religions that we can find. And I'm constantly looking further and further back to find other, uh, in, you know, other doctrination and other uh, religions or, or spiritual uh, thoughts uh, and a concept from around the world. Okay, let's continue here
1: else can you explain the source of spiritual animation which defines every living creature? To say it is the work of God is far too broad. Every Isbe has many names and faces in many times and places. Every Isbe is a God. When they inhabit a physical object, they are the source of life. For example, there are millions of species of insects. About 350,000 of these are species of beetles there may be as many as a hundred million species of life forms on earth at any given time in addition there are many times more extinct species of life on earth than there are living life forms some of these will be rediscovered in the fossil or geological records of earth the current theory of evolution of life forms on earth does not consider the phenomena of biological diversity evolution by natural selection is science fiction one species does not accidentally or randomly evolve to become another species as the earth textbooks indicate without manipulation of genetic material by an isby a simple example of isby intervention is the selective breeding of a species on earth
0: Okay. So this is where we had actually stopped going into, into chapter 10, but I wanted to go back to that of what she had said there, because she claims that all life forms that were ever created have already been created. And it was by these companies way back when, and now it looks like, uh, now it looks like, you know, she's claiming she worked for one of these companies as well. Right. So, so we have, so we have that. So now, now she would know a little bit more if she did work for one of these companies, Right. So then she would know a little bit more about the companies. However, I, st- I still don't tend to buy that. The, that see, the only way that you can buy what she says is that there's no life forms in the universe except for the ones they built. The only way you can accept that is, is to accept her ideology of, of no God, her, her concept of, uh, of uh, atheism. Then, if you if you go you know, there, there is no uh, creation in the universe. Well, then she doesn't answer the question. Well, then how did you get here? How did we get here? Early on, she just kind of said, "Because we're here." Do you see? No, no backstory, no creation story. Just we were already here, and we are actually the gods. I'm not afraid of any gods because I'm a god, and this is what we did, and we created everything that's in the universe, and that's why it's here. So the universe somehow was created, but they're not, taking, they're not taking credit of creating the universe. They're just taking credit for populating all the animal species of the universe. But yet they have to conquer the universe to have their people in control, which would suggest there's origins of a species that they didn't create because they don't claim to create any isbes That's what she calls a human or a soul a person who has a soul. Okay, so now is she claiming that the entire universe was populated with souls, yet we had to have had a lower form because we have lower forms now? And she didn't claim that they created the lower forms, just the animals and the plants, but not the human souls. So were we always energy and then after the the creation of all these plants and the ecosystems all over the universe and all of a sudden we started descending into these places to live there in these places and experience that stuff she doesn't claim any of that so there's just this entire missing portion of her idea of reality that she's just not telling us why she won't answer any questions so nobody can cross examine because i would say well then how did it all start Where did you come from? Who created you? Who created the person who created you? Let's keep going back further and further. I had this conversation with somebody and she wouldn't let me get to the beginning. I kept going further back now. Go further back. Further back. Who created that person? Someone had to create that person. How'd that person get here? And Okay, now go back. Oh, you mean like the sub-god? Okay, keep going. Keep going. I want to go further back. Eventually, you're going to get to the source. I don't know why you won't just jump to the source now. That's what I said to her. I'm telling you, jump past everything and go to the very first creation. And, oh, well, that would be the demigods. Wait, so now you're saying there's something above that. So you didn't go to the creation. You went to below that. Why is it so hard for you to go to the creator? Go to the creation when it all started. Everything came out of nothing. So there's a nothingness. Who was the nothingness? There has to be something there. And she would never go there. But she claimed that, you know, she is one of these gods that has been around. She's I'm's creation source. Like, oh, so you are the creation. But yet there's people older than you and and people that are b- were born before you. Therefore, you're not the source because they're older than you. So, then, so you didn't create everything because they were already here. She didn't like to hear that. Right? She didn't like to hear that. So, okay. So the same thing here with Errol. Errol just won't talk about that. Right? Right. She is a little off. Donald says, I can't roll with that. She's a little off. She is. She's hiding shit. She's claiming that they don't know how to get us out. They want to go there. Go back and listen to the older episodes and you'll hear me bitching about that too. Okay. So she, so the, she's leaving stuff out intentionally. When you leave something out intentionally, you're lying. It's a lie. It doesn't matter that she's said the words that are, are a lie by omission it's still a lie. You're not telling somebody something. That's one of the reasons why Rittenhouse was was actually uh, acquitted because they found out that there was a video that was perfectly clear that the defense knew about and had, but did not give over to, uh, to the uh, defense attorneys. They gave them a shitty, shoddy version that was really, really uh, blurry, knowing that if they saw the actual video that was crystal clear, it would change the whole dynamic of the case. And they didn't give it to him, but they got caught discussing it. Uh, with the mic still on when they were live and people went, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And they went, Oh, what, 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 what did we say? And they played it back. Listen, this is what you said. And all of a sudden they had to show the video. They're like, Oh, Oh yeah. We didn't know you guys didn't have that video until just this second. Weird because we showed it right here and you guys didn't say, wow, that's a pretty blurry copy. I have a better copy. So obviously they were hiding something. Same thing. Omitting something is the same as lying. It's the same as hiding something. And this is what Errol's doing consistently. The only thing she's doing consistently is contradicting herself and omitting things. So here we go. Chapter 10. For those of you who are on the MP3 file, you can't see that on the screen. This is the end of Chapter 10, Part 1. We're going to Chapter 10, Part 2. So he'll start talking in a minute once that portion starts, okay? Okay.
1: Within the past few hundred years, several hundred dog breeds and hundreds of varieties of pigeons and dozens of koi fish have been evolved in just a few years, beginning with one original breed. Without active intervention by isbies, biological organisms, rarely change the development of an animal.
0: All right, so my Wi-Fi dipped down a little bit, so we might be sounding kind of tinny or underwater, so now it's back to normal. But I wanted to point out right here, she just said, just said that animals do not evolve. In the end of of Chapter 10, Part 1, animals do not evolve and change into other animals. That just doesn't happen. She just said that koi fish have transformed into many different versions of koi fish just in the last 1100 years so she just got done claiming like three paragraphs ago that animals do not transform and become a different breed of animal or a or more they're only the animal that they have and then they die out and then she just said koi fish have changed to multiple different types of koi fish literally Maybe two paragraphs after saying that that you can't have, even though there's 100 different kinds of beetles or 1,000 different species of beetles, they didn't all come from one species, yet the koi fish just spawned themselves into several different species, and she's pointing that out. That's a contradiction in terms. You can't claim that that doesn't happen and then give an example of it not happening. That's what she just did. Now she's onto the platypus. Let's see what she's going to say about that
1: like the duck-billed platypus, required a lot of very clever engineering to combine the body of a beaver with the bill of a duck and make a mammal that lays eggs. Undoubtedly, some wealthy client placed a special order for it as a gift for some curious amusement. I'm sure that the laboratory of some biotechnical company worked on it for years to make it a self-replicating life form. The notion that
0: right donald says the bad thing is once you start lying you can't stop and you forget what you lie about and you lie so often uh, when you are lying that you that you tend to contradict yourself all the time and if you don't but see cleverly she's not she won't take any questions so anyone who catches her in a lie which i have done multiple times including her not understanding history and reading history and making the same mistake that most people in modern day make and i refer here to Nefertiri and nefertiti nefertiti two different people one in Moses's life and one the the mother of Tutankhamun and she combined those two and said that Moses was around when Nefertiti was around with with, with Tutankhamun and that was hundreds if not a thousand or so years apart okay he was his his uh his uh, counterpart was was uh, Ramses the right when Moses was raised as a prince and his brother was Ramses the second. Okay, and his father was not Imhotep, right? And it was not Akhenaten, right? So, but that's the way she had it when she told it in this, and I and I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't compute. And I looked it up because I wasn't sure. I knew that the names were similar, and I couldn't remember which one was Nefertiti and which one was Nefertiti, right? And and so, so it, it showed that. But so she should have known that, but she only knew that because she read the history book. That's the only reason she knew that. So she didn't know that stuff because she was here before and she has any knowledge of the history of the planet, but she's talking as if she does, right? And she doesn't. She just knows from all the books and magazines that they give her. Yeah, it's like a spider web, right? Yeah, Donald says it's like a spider web. You start spinning that web and pretty soon you get caught up in it yourself, right? Okay, here we go
1: the creation of any life-form could have resulted from a coincidental chemical interaction moldering up from some primordial ooze is beyond absurdity. Factually, some organisms on Earth, such as proteobacteria, are modifications of a phylum designed primarily for the star type three class C planets. In other words, the domain designation for a planet with an anaerobic atmosphere nearest a large, intensely hot blue star, such as those in the constellation of Orion's belt in this galaxy.
0: Okay, see, now here she should know and doesn't, but we do, I do, right? Why would we have that organism on Earth if it's supposed to be in a place where there's a bright blue star? Why would that be on Earth? Shouldn't be here then, but it is. I know the answer to that. The answer to that is Saul. That's the name of our star, our sun, by the way, that we call the sun. It's actually called Saul. Saul is not indigenous to this solar system. Saul is the second sun in this solar system. The first sun was Saturn. Saturn is a dead hulk of a blue dwarf star. That burned out so originally the Sun in this solar system was a blue dwarf you can look this up that bacteria would be living on this planet the blue dwarf was here it died it became a uh, uh, Saturn it ended up in the in the uh, orbit that it's in once Saul was brought into place yes brought into place, like our moon. The moon wasn't always here, and it's not indigenous to this solar system. We know this. We actually know this to be true because of testing what uh, the moon is made of. The moon is not from this solar system. It did not originate from Earth. It did not originate from Saul. It came after. Saul was put into place, moved into place, so that this continued as a solar system. Muldek, the planet which is now the, the remains of it is the Kuiper Belt, was in orbit <clears throat> in that place where the Kuiper Belt is. The people of Muldek blew themselves into extinction using nuclear weapons, blew the planet up, and in that because of that, it changed the orbit of everything with you know in this solar system because it's like an ecosystem, everything is in their place and everything pulls on everything. So, without that. Without that planet being where it was, the ecosystem of this earth did not work. So, again, the moon was created in a different place or taken from a different place and moved into place where it is now. You can look this stuff up. I'm not making it up. Moved into place where it is now to recreate and to uh, orchestrate the ecosystem and continue with the ecosystem the way it is today. Right. I don't know if any of you got to see there was a, a lunar eclipse. Uh, last night or this morning, depending on where you are in the world. For me, it was 1:30 a.m. Uh, West Coast America time. I didn't get to see it because it was on the other side of my uh, of my house, and I didn't. I don't have windows there, and so for me to go, I would have to go outside and around the down and around the corner to actually see the moon. But there was an eclipse at at what well, started at 1:35 a.m. my time last night, at a lunar eclipse. And there's going to be a solar eclipse that's coming up and I think it's on the 6th of December. Don't quote me. I have the, the uh, flyer up on, I think it's on my page. You guys can take a look at it. If not go to, uh, well, rising, I think I put it up there. You can see when when that is going to happen. So there's going to be a solar eclipse. I don't know if we'll be able to see it where you are on the planet You know how those things work. You have to be in the right path to see them. So I haven't looked into where, where it's actually going to be or what the time is. Um, so that was kind of you know, something I just remember because talking about the moon being moved into place. Okay, so here we go. Let's continue. So she doesn't know these things and should. She doesn't know that and should have. She's been around as long as she has and been here to Earth and off of Earth and here to Earth as many times as she has. And as far back in the past, when she came here before, she should have came here at the time when there were, that blue star was the star of this solar system. But she doesn't talk about that. Why? Why is that? Because she came here in the time she admitted that. Came, she came here to put all the uh, animals on the earth, when that happened, she said there was a war that happened that was seven uh, 7 million years ago. Okay, The sun, Saul, is not 7 million years old. It's like three and a half. So when she was here last, we had a blue dwarf. She doesn't remember that. And she's not talking about that. Why? Because she wasn't fucking here, and she's full of shit. Do you understand? She wasn't here, and she's full of shit. Because if you, if you show up in a place and a time when we know that things were different and you don't talk about that, Because she just said, there's no reason for that plant life to be here. We're not sure why it's here, because the only place that it should be is a Class 3, uh, you know, Star Type 3, Class C planet. Well, that was what was here. So she should have been able to see that when they came here after the 7 billion billion years ago, when when all the animals died, when they restocked the, the pond, supposedly. Do you understand? So again, here's something that I've, I've caught her on where she's omitting something. She's talking as if this sun was always here and that's all we know. Is it because she's not trying to give us any information about the actual truth of the past of the earth? What would motivate her to do that unless she's hiding other shit? Why would she even be cons- concerned with whether we knew that the sun was only here for a billion, two billion, three billion, five billion years? Why would she care about that? She doesn't care about us. We're just slaves. Remember, that's what she talked about early on. See, but that's not consistent. Why omit that information? Maybe because she didn't know it.
1: Reading life forms is very complex, highly technical work for ISBs who specialize in this field. Genetic anomalies are very baffling to Earth biologists who have had their memory erased. Unfortunately, the false memory implantations of the old empire prevent Earth scientists from observing obvious anomalies. The greatest technical challenge of biological organisms was the invention of self-generation or sexual reproduction. It was invented as the solution to the problem of having to continually manufacture replacement creatures for those that have been destroyed or eaten by other creatures. Planetary governments did not want to keep buying replacement animals. The Okay, so again, I have to stop. Because early on when she
0: talked about all the life forms in the universe that were ever created, she said then that they weren't designed to procreate and that and and they, they the species just die out. Now she says, well, Um, then what we did was we decided to, uh, um, have, we're getting tired of restocking the pond. So they invented the the idea of allowing procreation, uh, within the animals and that way they could sustain their own life yet. Oh, and then that killed the industry supposedly for manufacturing animals. Not that some rich person would want to pull up a duckbilled platypus, for them to create it would keep them in business making new uh, and crazy and wild animals no no apparently that doesn't exist either anymore because that was a passing thought and there would be no reason and the companies died out and nobody knows how to make new animals anymore and so everything's dying out and dying off around the universe and nobody's making any new animals because they don't know how anymore because it was seven billion years ago the last time there was a company that made those anywhere in any universe Right. Well, that's weird that we didn't lose the species, but she's saying apparently there's uh, more species lost than there ever is now and ever will be, right? And so we're winding down into nonexistence of animals again, and nobody in the entire universe seems to care. Well, that would suggest that everybody in the universe doesn't give a fuck about anybody else in the universe. The only way that logic works is if you're in a society that are atheists who who don't believe that there is any kind of creation— And that you deny anybody that believes that there is any kind of creation. It's the only way that that can work. So, again, her entire story only works if you're under the assumption that she is the creator and that her and everybody that's like her are the creation and that they're so intelligent that they don't remember how to make animals anymore. That's a 3D thing, bro. That's a 3D thing. If I've been around for like 12 trillion years, I'm pretty sure I'm going to know how to do everything right i've only been on this earth for 54 years and i can hunt i can fish i can grow food i can i can cultivate things i can run uh, stores i've done that run companies right i have done so many things people say you can't possibly have done that in your lifetime and you got to be making most of that shit up in 54 years just on this earth i wrote a book about how to survive on this planet with nothing right i make bug out packs in in freaking Altoid cans to put in your pocket so that you could survive just on that. Okay. If I, if I could learn all the skills that I've learned in my lifetime in 54 years and people on this earth go, dude, you can't possibly know all that shit. And there's many, many millions of other people that you talk to that they're like, I know this and I know that, and I know this and I do that and this and this, and people go, you can't possibly do that. They're like, why not? Because you can't. Right. Here's all the paperwork that says some other person's certified that I know what I'm talking about. Right. And and then they go, oh, well, those are probably fake, too, because they don't want to believe that you have any skills. But if I can learn this shit, you guys can learn this shit and we can all learn all these things in our little teeny short lives. Why is it that no motherfucker that's been around for 12 trillion years knows how to fucking make an animal? It's because that's in her society only. That's why. In her society, there's no talk of God. There's no talk of any kind of creation. There's no talk of anything after death. You just are forever, see? Oh, and by the way, humans are too. You guys just don't know it, and and we can't let you because in the, you know, if all of a sudden you'll like grow up and realize, wait, we're not supposed to be locked here in this little prison, and you can't stop us from getting out. That's the worry? Well, then that suggests that this is an easily escapable freaking uh, a playpen for children with no one watching it, right? Donald says, if you can't learn something new every day, then you get stagnant. Yeah. So are we to believe that her entire species is 12 billion years stagnant? I mean, that's possible, but if so, they're not any good to us. We, the lowly little teeny human being caught in this supposed prison, are more diverse than a being who's been around for 12 billion years. Think about that think about that okay so i'm supposed to buy her shit as the gospel and she's telling me this stuff and what i'm hearing is somebody who's sitting at a desk somewhere controlling a drone she's in a 3d body she's not a fucking a benevolent 12 billion year old being that's only light that is possessing this this uh, little robot body that she's in this gray alien robot body i think it's a drone yes but I don't. I think she's sitting in a fucking uh, uh, RV somewhere with a bunch of other people in military costumes of some sort from their little dominion uh, expeditionary force, a space opera, and she's sitting there with a little microphone hooked to her head, watching a video screen. And all she has to do is hit a button, and and then she checks out from the from the alien, which she does at the end. She checks out from the alien, and she doesn't get captured. Okay, so I don't believe that she's been around for uh, twelve billion years. If, if, if is it possible? Well, yeah, anything's possible. But if she's the best that the domain has to offer, and twelve over twelve billion years old, or trillion, she said she was twelve tr- trillion years old. So twelve trillion years old, and she can't, and she doesn't remember how to make animals when she used to make them. She said no one knows how to make those anymore. Well, you worked for a company that made those. You just said that to us, but earlier on in chapter two, you said no one knows how to make those anymore. So you forgot. Is that what you're trying to say you forgot after tw- after 12 trillion years you for- you don't remember how to make okay so what do you see now then well that's something that happens here on the planet earth with our brain so she should know this stuff and she doesn't so again she's contradicting herself and I'm catching it right here we go let's continue
1: the idea was contrived trillions of years ago as a result of a conference held to resolve arguments between disputing vested interests within the biotechnology industry. The infamous Council of Yumi Krum was responsible for. <laughs> Denise, she is pathetic, but
0: I'm still going to wring out information from her, right? Without her knowledge. Because this has already happened and she can't stop me when I can stop the tape and I can pick apart and we can all talk about it and brainstorm what's going on in her little head, right? So we're going to be able to glean, uh, my Wi-Fi is dipping down again, so I need to be careful. That might be the algorithm from the things that I'm saying, right? So, so let's, uh, let's talk about Chevys and Fords. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys see the newest Ford that came out? That Chevy's coming out. It's going to be pretty badass. It's going to make the Ford look like they're useless. But Ford's coming out with a brand new electric uh, Ford Bronco. Right. And as soon as I do that, guess what? Now I have full, <laughs> full, full uh, 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 Wi-Fi again. See, change your change, your rhythm, get that algorithm looking someplace else. Nothing to see here. Move along algorithm. You're not knocking us off the air. Right. Yeah, I think she was put here to deceive. I agree with you. She came here, uh, and I don't think she. I think that she was shot down, right? I know that we had a particle beam weapon that we were using. Uh, the Americans were using. I don't know 100 percent because I wasn't alive then. But I've been told by insiders in the NSA and the CIA that um, that the Roswell incident was not an accident. They claim, and she believes that lightning struck her uh, craft, and they lost control of it and crashed. Well, lightning did strike her craft, but the lightning was was pointed at the craft and fired from a particle beam weapon that the American government owned. So they downed the aircraft on purpose and tried to get anyone alive that was on board. First of all, they didn't care, but they they wanted to uh, they wanted to reverse engineer back engineer uh, the the uh, spaceship. And the bonus was they captured her alive. So then they wanted to interrogate her, but they didn't, she didn't allow that to happen. So they had to only go by what she would allow. And and then she was playing a little game the, the entire time. I think uh, she was either sent here on purpose or took the opportunity to go ahead and fuck with the children. Right. I think that, you know, you get here, that'd be like me showing up on a on a deserted island, which I thought is deserted out in the Pacific and turn and find out there's a race of people that have been living on there that have never seen anyone outside of their island ever. And immediately they would say, I'm a god. They would think I'm a god. Right. And I could say anything to them that I wanted because I know that they're children. They have no idea of the ways of the world and how things go. So the first thing they're going to do is I'm going to look at their women and go, hey, those are pretty hot. Can I have one of your women? And they're going to go, well, you're a god, so yeah. And then I'm going to have sex with all the women in the village that I can. That's what people do. I'm not saying I would do that, but I'm saying that's what people do. And that's what they have done traditionally on this planet. So why would we not hear stories of aliens coming down here and going, whoa, check out these hot chicks and having sex with our women? That's exactly what a three-dimensional male would do coming to an island. We've done it throughout history over and over and over on this planet. So if we went to another planet and found humans and they were primitive and thought we were gods, the first thing our horny ass men are going to do is fuck all their chicks. Pardon my language, but that's what happens. That's what people do unless everybody who's on board that ship is actually in service to others and knows that it's wrong to interfere with another society. And they don't do that. Hence, they had the prime directive in the Star Trek uh, 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 universe because they they addressed that question. And said we should put this in and explain that we're not supposed to do that because we're supposed to be a benevolent society, and so we're not going to interfere in the lower uh, practices of societies who are beneath us in technological or in advancement, so that we don't in any way disturb their advancement. Well, apparently that doesn't uh, that doesn't happen in the real world because we have over and over the 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 history of p- people coming from another planet to Earth and doing just that. Screwing our women and screwing with us and teaching us shit, whether it's good or bad and, or indifferent. Yeah, right? You're just going to say Star Trek in the, in the Federation. Yeah, right, Donald? I mean, that's they. We, ha- we, as humans, with our little pea brain, answered that question and said, that's wrong. And we're teaching that to all of our children in that sci-fi saga from the 1960s till now. And it's still being played out. And we all know what the prime directive is. So if, if we can come up with that solution, what makes you think that someone outside of our planet who is equal to our brain and is in three dimension or above would not have the same exact thing? She talked about the fact that her people were here and they were watching the humans and eventually they were found out. Right, and then something happened, and the 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 old guard attacked them and killed them, or something happened and they died. But that the people that were here adopted some of their ideology that they were told by them, and turned that into what she claims all of our religions. Okay, so even though her people supposedly had the doctrine, the the ideology of. Oh, uh, duck blind, right? Don't get involved. Don't you can observe them, but don't let them know you're here. Then when something bad happened, all of a sudden they went Bleh! and told the people a bunch of shit. And supposedly, because of that, all the religions of our planet that has ever been created is come from her people. Right? Did I believe that when I read it? No. <laughs> do you know, I know that something like that did happen? Yes, I do. And so did she. It was in history right then. Because the Nazis. In 1938, went over to Tibet and up in the hills of the of the, you know, that whole area in the region because there were stories that an alien race had lived up in the mountains and that some of the people there were actually genetically uh, descended from them from greys, from these people. And they went there to see if that was true. And today we find that they do have a DNA, of some of those people that are up there that doesn't belong to this earth. So there's some credence and some weight to the fact that there was aliens that lived up there and that that race has died off, but yet their offspring is still here, okay? So they intermingled with the people, those who survived, obviously intermingled. So was there some sort of uh, information that was, was given to the people here that was more advanced? Absolutely, I'm sure of that. When the people were stuck here, eventually that kind of stuff comes out. They start re- trying to rely on their old technology. They start They know things that people don't know here, so they're going to look like gods because they understand how fire works, they understand how technology is. So they're going to be more advanced and they're going to have more advanced shit quicker. So they're still gonna look more advanced and you know, let's let's just be serious about that. So there so so that did happen. But does that mean that because of that, all everything that we have, you know, because she said it was all a lie first and then took credit for it with her people with nothing to back it up, but I do, we do know. And she did then because the Nazis before the war was over, and we're talking about Roswell in 1948. So the war was over by three years now or, or, or two and a half years by the time they came here. So it would have been in the history of recent times. So when she was getting all this information to read, she would have been reading about that because what just happened in the last five years we discovered that. So that would have been something that was hot on her mind. So easily she could have twisted that into, oh yeah, we were the ones who created all of your society with our knowledge, because we're gods.
1: For coordinating creature production. A compromise was reached after certain members of the council were strategically bribed or murdered to author an agreement which resulted in the biological phenomenon, which we now call the food chain. The idea. Okay, so here again.
0: Now, she's supposed to be 12 trillion years old, and she's saying that the people on the council were either bribed or murdered. So the scenario that she's coming up with is a three-dimensional scenario of power takeover. Do you understand? So am I to believe that no matter what level we get to, it's just like this? I said this before. If this... What we have in the interaction and dichotomy between good and evil that happens here on this earth is all that there is no matter how far we go up in the chain and no matter how long we live. We don't deserve to live as a species. If we are the collective consciousness of the universe and that's all we have, we're either a baby ourselves and we don't know it. Right. And that we're part of a, a single celled organism or maybe one that's split two or three or ten times. And that's why we have simplistic thoughts. And the entire universe is is we're in the brain of the entire of the of the mind of the baby soul who's just about ready to be born as a god. Or we don't deserve to be alive and we should commit suicide the second we get back into the one body. Because we're absolutely useless because we can't go past this. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. And I don't and I don't feel that in my soul. So everything she just said right here is telling me that these people are acting just like we humans. Well, somebody either killed somebody or paid somebody off, and that's why we have the food chain now. Okay, I would have said, well, how long ago did that happen again? Was that 12 was that seven billion years ago? So seven billion years have gone by since then and we're exactly where you were then that scares me if that's the case right because she says she's 10 trillion years old but 7 billion years ago they were acting just like we act now and in fact she's on an expeditionary force that is invading and launching an attack from our solar system to the center of our known universe that's a very three-dimensional flying with spacecraft and attacking someone. For someone who complain who says claims that she's that she's energy and that she's been around for 12 trillion years. That's very low-minded thinking and very three-dimensional thinking and conquering and conquering people physically. For someone who has been out of body as just light for about 11 and a half trillion years. Do you understand? Right. Last words. We live to ascend spiritually. Yeah. Right. And then Donald has to go. He says, I'll be back. Okay, (laughs) Please come back. Great topics and discussion. Yes. All right. So let's continue here. So so again, now the ecosystem is in place and someone was murdered or bribed so that the ecosystem would happen. And but she's not telling us when that took place. Let's see if she does.
1: Idea that a creature would need to consume the body of another life-form as an energy source was offered as a solution by one of the biggest companies in the biological engineering business they specialized in creating insects and flowering plants The connection between the two is obvious. Nearly every flowering plant requires a symbiotic relationship with an insect in order to propagate. The reason is obvious. Both the bugs and the flowers were created by the same company. Unfortunately, the same company also had a division which created parasites and bacteria the name of the company roughly translated into english would be bugs and blossoms they wanted to justify the fact that the old valid purpose of the parasitic creatures they manufactured was to aid the decomposition of organic material there was a very limited market for such creatures at that time In order to expand their business, they hired a big public relations firm and a powerful group of political lobbyists to glorify the idea that life forms should feed from other life forms. Welcome, Wayne they invented a scientific theory to use as a promotion gimmick the theory was that all creatures needed to have food as a source of energy before that none of the life forms being manufactured required any external energy animals did not eat other animals for food but consumed sunlight minerals or vegetable matter only of course bugs and blossoms went into the business of designing and manufacturing carnivores before long so many animals were being eaten as food that the problem of replenishing them became very difficult. As a solution, bugs and blossoms proposed with the help of some strategically placed bribes in high places that other companies began using sexual reproduction as the basis for replenishing life forms. Bugs and Blossoms was the first company to develop blueprints for sexual reproduction, of course. As expected, the patent licenses for the biological engineering process required to implant stimulus response mating, cellular division, and pre-programmed growth patterns for self-regenerating animals were owned by bugs and blossoms too throughout the
0: now I, i do want to point out okay that this entire concept that she's playing out about corporations and companies making all of this insects and all the plants and all of the everything across the entire universe now that could actually be the only way that that can actually fit would would be twofold and this is here again with the dichotomy once again either there is no creation and that's why as i explained earlier or my theory of of all of us just being and raw explaining the same that we're all in the mind of the creator and this could be a scenario that was invented in the mind of the creator to explain how all of the animals were created as a metaphor for itself. Now, I say that from from the perspective of if I'm daydreaming and I'm the creator and I, in my mind, imagine a a universe, then you have to imagine all of the stuff in the universe. But you also have to then, if if it's just being started, it doesn't make sense for me to just go and then every possible animal that could be put into place. You have to have somebody to to help you design all of the animals. So I would then create in my mind some scenario and create other characters in my mind who would then be helping to create, to come up with independently, all kinds of life forms. So it is possible from that perspective that this, in her reality, her thinking there is no because she doesn't believe in a, in a creation or a, or a collective consciousness that, well, this just happened and that's how they all got here. Again, this would be her reality getting in her own way. She doesn't believe and most of the people that she works with or for. They're an entire, uh, uh, conquering race. So one of the requirements would have to be that the only way you can join our club is that you have to be like-minded thinking, because if you're not, we're going to put you in jail someplace because that's what she's already stipulated. So that would suggest that it is possible that they believe delusionally that there is no creator and that they just created everything and that that's the way, the way it is now. One could say the opposite way around for someone who believes there is a creator, that we're delusionally having to create a backstory in our own minds to explain how everything came to be. Because we don't believe that everything just is and that there is no collective consciousness. So a person who believes thoroughly in the spiritual reality or the spiritual thought process that there is no such thing as spirituality and that there is no such thing could believe you know no no creator could believe just as hard because atheists do they believe just as hard that there is nothing right until they're about to die and no one goes to death at an atheist i have yet to hear that story where they yeah he took it to his death he had, the last words he said was there is no god And he believed it. Most of them, as they're starting to transition, because they're transitioning, they actually see the other side. They actually see what's going on. Most of them say, wow, there is something there. Right. Well, uh, see, uh, uh, this is what I'm getting at, Key. Right. He says, remember, or she, I don't remember. (laughs) He's a boy or girl. I think you said you were a guy. Remember, we created, let me put it up on the screen for those of you who are on the MP3 file. I'll read it to you. Remember, we created artificial life and games and so on as creators, uh, as within, so without. So above, as so below, right? Microcosm, macrocosm, agreed, right? I agree with that. I play World of Warcraft and, and in my mind, I believe those characters are real because they exist in that place. Right? So when I go there and I'm playing each character, my son used to trip on this. I take on the the attitude of the character that I am. I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons on paper with dice. So you had to use your imagination and become that character to think like that character. What would I do if I was a thief? What would I do if I was a warrior? How would I act? How would I think? And the people who got really good at playing these games, board games, reality games, would take on the persona of their character. And because then you, you if you do that, you have a vested interest in your character and you don't want your character to die. Right. So whenever I played anything, uh, kids these days, my son and people that play like first person shooter games, you respawn. So people just run out, shoot fire, run, do everything crazy. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do because if I die, I'm just going to respawn anyways. Right. And you can get caught up in the new games doing that too. World of Warcraft. If I die, I respawn. Right. But I still have the mindset of, I don't want to die. I'm going to try and do everything I can do to save my own life. Even though I know that when I die, I'm instantly going to go to the graveyard and run back to my body and then resurrect myself and just continue doing what I was doing. And it doesn't matter if I die, but I, in my mind, I don't want that to happen. I want to live through this. So I fear death in that game. If I get killed, I get mad at myself. Damn it. I can't believe I let myself get killed. Even though I know I'm just going to run back, resurrect, kill everybody anyways. Right? But I feel like I failed because I died. So I learned to be that way and I act like that. So I agree with you. And this is why I'm given the benefit of the doubt of right, of her believing, because if she's created, but doesn't have the, like we are, veiled, doesn't have the memory of, and then makes a choice. Well, there, I don't think there is anything. She could buy into the, her own backstory, is my point, and not have a creation because someone else created her, right, and that we just were. And as far back as she can see, the reality is, she goes back to her own creation as an avatar. So she's associating with the avatar and not the all. So psychologically, I can see that in and understand it. So I so thank you for, for like pointing that out, bro, because the truth is we do the same thing, right? We are the creators, and that's our that's our 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 one gift that was the incorruptible power that we were born with. And you can read the Gnostic Gospels in several of those. And other gospels outside the Gnostic gospels back in history that the human race was created with an uncorruptible ability. Okay. And only few people in history were created uncorruptible. And they were the uncorruptible are the immortals. Okay. So Jesus Christ asked permission to be uncorruptible, made himself uncorruptible. Yeah, I thought you were. I thought you said that before, right? Right. I thought you said that before. Yes, I am a dude. I thought you said that before, but I I wasn't sure, right? So, right, the fear of death is a fear of the unknown, right? The unknown death, Justin, is the beginning of your path to a more spiritual plane. Agreed. And in real life, I'm not afraid of death because of exactly what you just said. I'll put this up on the screen, and I'll reread it. So a little slower for those of you who are on the MP3 file. Wayne said, "The fear of death is the fear of the unknown. Death is just the beginning of your path to a more spiritual plane, and that's the exact truth. And I agree with that. But there was a time in the, in this life that I didn't, and I was afraid of death. Right? So in the video game, I'm only afraid of death because I I kind of I try to uh, put myself in that position, and I would not." Uh, think to myself in this life, hey, I know what's going to happen after death and not be afraid of death, but then throw myself into danger on purpose to get myself killed or not even being concerned that I would die. There are only certain circumstances that I would do that, like as if I were forced into a a war, for instance. Then I might throw myself at something crazy uh, thinking, you know, if I thought there was I can do this and I can make it out of that. You see that we do that in the movies, right? All the time. So in real life, I'm not afraid of death, but I don't go looking for it. I don't like run out there and just know I'm going to die, but I'm going to take a bunch of people with me and then I'm just going to respawn because that's the mindset in video. A lot of video games, people just run out there and they just run, 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 do everything they can until they die and then respawn and run back out and do everything. And that's how they play capture the flag. They just keep doing that until it's a battle of attrition who can respawn, reorganize and get to the flag first, Right. And, and then you have people who take it very serious. And those people are the ones that are sitting, hiding someplace, sniping people. And then moving from place to place because if someone goes, that guy sniped me and he was in the bell tower. Well, you don't want to stay there too long. Eventually, someone's going to kill you in the bell tower. So you snipe a couple of people and then you move and find other places. And so you scout the area out. My son used to do that. He started learning how to do that. Scout the area out and find good places to snipe. But then everyone else did the same thing. So people would know where all the good places were to snipe if they played the game long enough. Right. So then factors have to change. You have to play in different arenas. So that, so it is possible getting back to Errol's mindset. It is possible that because she denies the existence of anything prior to her own creation, that she just knows there I was, and there are all these other people were too. And we didn't have any, any inkling that there was something other than ourselves because they they just don't believe that they're atheists. Do you understand? So that would suggest that she didn't go through the same process that we're going through where we had a choice to make, right? Or that she did, but now she's so far removed from that that she doesn't believe it anymore, and it's out of her mind completely, and she's just like, this is just the way it is. See, we don't know that because she won't answer any questions. So we can only speculate on her mindset and what she's up to. Either way, either way, she's still omitting things, Right? She's not talking about the creation. She just flat said, nope, we've always been here. We just were. And that was it. You had to leave it at that. And she wouldn't answer anything else. So that's convenient in my mind that she would just do that. Nope, nothing. We were just here.
1: The next few million years, laws were passed that required that these programs be purchased by the other
0: Right. Right. Denise says she doesn't believe in God, therefore believes in uh, only in herself. Ego. Correct. And I and I had made that. I saw I talked about that before. Her her mindset is a very egoic mindset, which would tell me and suggest to me exactly what you're saying. If she's still being ruled by ego, she can't be 12 trillion years old. And if she is, that means that she's been stuck somewhere for a very long time because the ego does not continue with you. On into the eighth or ninth or tenth dimension, you don't need it by then, okay? So we need it here because it's in, it's a vital part of our growth spiritually. But if I'm if I'm more than twelve trillion years old and I haven't learned to get away away from and no longer need the ego, I'm in trouble. Do you understand? If if that's the case, and we still and again. If that's the case and we break out of here and we're, and no matter how high we get, it's still just like here. That's pathetic. Right? That's pathetic. If this is the best the universe has to offer is 3D thinking and this, and and this is it, and it's going to be like this for all of eternity, I'm going to (laughs) quit because there's nothing above this. We just keep getting wiser and wiser, yet we're still full of ego and all, full of ourselves and warring and having all the same strife that we have here in 3D body? No, I don't believe that. That's why I think she's in an office somewhere and she's controlling a drone, right? And if she is light and and they're still trying to, in a three-dimensional way, conquer the the universe and she's been a light being for a long time, she's not evolving and hasn't for trillions and trillions of years because she's stuck in an egoic thinking. Do you understand? Either way, the credibility of this alien is only that of a street thug, right? So if I got some dude off the streets who's selling drugs to me and he's an atheist, he's going to talk like this. He may not say, you know, well, there is no God in this whole universe and start giving me that rundown, but the idea is going to be the same conversation that we're going to have. Do you understand? And so I can't buy that she's trillions and trillions of years old because she acts like she's less than a hundred years old
1: biological technology companies these were required to be imprinted into the cellular design of all existing life forms it became a very expensive undertaking for other biotechnology companies to make such an awkward and impractical idea work This led to the corruption and downfall of the entire industry. Ultimately, the food and sex idea completely ruined the biotechnology industry, including bugs and blossoms. The entire industry faded away as the market for manufactured life forms disappeared. Consequently, when a species became extinct, there is no way to replace them because the technology of creating...
0: Right, right. Zen said, at some point, we need to go through the ego death. Absolutely. Marcus, welcome. Right. So you're right. So you can't be like 12 trillion years old and not have gone through that. And if you are, you've been stuck for a really long time. Right. So so at best, her energy is ha- is at the halfway point through the sixth density or less. So she's not from the 12th dimension. She and, and if she's been in if she's been in the sixth density for more than 12 trillion years and hasn't graduated. She's in hell. She's in purgatory. Her life is devoid of the light. Okay? And if that's the case, everything she says is going to be a lie. In my mind, in my opinion, because she's in service to self, not in service to others. So, therefore, everything she says is suspect. See, So, it's either one or the other. Either she has no clue, which I doubt. Or she's in service to self, which I believe, because she doesn't believe in in anything that is that is uh, helpful to anyone. Everything's a matter of fact. It just is. And it's been that way forever. And there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just a slave. Shut up. And you see my point? And you're hopeless. And everything you believe in, including deities and gods and somebody who's going to save you, or even the notion that you can save yourself is all bullshit. And We just made all that up to confuse you. Right. And then she does the double talk about the machines are breaking down and people are getting out. And and but yet they can't get out and it's hopeless to get out. And we don't know how to save our own people yet. All it's degrading. And and they had to downsize the amount of of years that people live so they wouldn't become wise. They would die before they came wise so they could recycle. Okay, so that means none of their shit's working. Right. So not a penal colony, again, not a planet. The, we're only a penal colony because we're in the prison of the mind. This is a playpen. You, me, and everyone else is a little teeny baby soul, brand new. And we have no idea how the universe works. And it's all been wiped from our memory. And we're trying to figure out the universe. And we know what's good and what's wrong. We know what's, what's helpful and what's bad. We know the difference between good and evil. Why? <clears throat> because there's examples of it all around us. So when someone tells you a concept and you don't believe it, and you see somebody do what somebody told you, oh, there it is. There's evil. I understand what that looks like now. Okay, so we understand more than she does at this little low level. That's my point about that. So let's continue
1: here. New life forms has been lost. Obviously, none of this technology was ever known on Earth and probably never will be. There are still computer files on some planets far from here, which record the procedures for biological engineering. Possibly the laboratories and computers still exist somewhere. However, there is no one around doing anything with them. Therefore, you can understand why it is so important for the domain to protect the dwindling number of creatures left on Earth.
0: Okay, so listen to what she just said there. Now, she's been around for 12 trillion years, right? She worked for a company that, and remember, she's light, She's not a physical body. So when was it that she was working for this company that was building all of these animals and now nobody's doing it anymore because animals procreate and eat other animals and therefore the ecosystem runs on its own, right? And the information on how to do that should be backed up on some computer somewhere. Three-dimensional computer with a memory that's what she's got it must be backed up on some computer somewhere but nobody currently alive has the wherewithal to pull that information off of said computer well I do that's what we do here we have computers with memory on it all you got to do is show me the interface and teach me the language that you used for that interface. And if you got a computer, my little teeny lowly prison ass who's a 3D corporal, lowlier than everything in the universe and her mind human being could retrieve that information. But she can't. Right? Wayne says after 12 trillion years... You'd think that she'd put her, her foot up. Well, right. You you would think that she would actually be able to, you know, you would. oh, it's in some computer file somewhere, I'm sure. Wait a minute, what? You're talking about a box, a computer, a three-dimensional thing? Or are you talking about some other type of computer that's not in the physical sense? She doesn't say that. She doesn't specify, right? The core component being sexual, right? And, and she does not dig in that. She keeps harping on this whole sexual thing. She doesn't like that. There's procreation going on, that's out of out of control, right? And that that was hideous. That somebody had made all the animals have sex with themselves and have and procreate and then eat other animals, right? So what is she a vegan then now as well? These are all 3D reality ideologies and concepts. So I'm not buying that she that that happened some 75 billion years ago, and if it did, it was on a 3D world. It was the 3d people doing it and she might've been around then doing it, but she's, she's acting as if that was happening while she was still energy. No, no, couldn't her concept of having this, this stuff backed up on a computer somewhere. Right. And and, you know, here she could have said, well, it would have been the equivalent of having information backed up on a computer. So that's the concept that I have to tell you so that you understand what I'm saying. She never does any of that right? Is she trying to be as simple as possible? What does, do you think this nurse understands computers in 1947, 1948, understands what a computer is and that things are backed up on a computer? They didn't even have computers yet. So what did that mean when she said it? Did they just go, what is that? What is that they're talking about? I have no idea. What's a computer? Weird that she even called it the word that we were going to invent later. Huh? That's bizarre. I mean, is it possible that in the 40s they had some uh, semblance of a computer? Yeah, they have probably some reel-to-reel tape stuff, right, already, because they, they did have movies and film. So they probably had some sort of uh, – th- but they didn't have DOS. That didn't get created until the 80s, right? And then you didn't have Windows till the 90s. So we didn't have computers in the 40s. And if we did, the military knew about it, and they were huge, Right, So that's another thing I'd have to look up. She's talking about knowledge about something that we didn't have yet at the time. And use the same word that we now use now. That's kind of like trying to discredit Bob Lazar when he said we had this, this you know, uh, un, un pentium. And then he was working with that and the aliens gave it to us and we were trying to reverse engineer it to help us fly faster than the speed of light. And, the, and that was in the 80s and the government said he was a kook and crazy and never worked for the government and didn't even exist. And then you come forward in time to 2015 and the scientists said, guess what we just found? We just found this new particle that's called Un Un Pentium, exactly the same name that Bob Lazar made up 35, 40 years ago, 40 years ago, that they claimed didn't exist. Now, 40 years later, they claim they had discovered what he said he had and was working on that aliens gave us. And they didn't even change the name of it. How would, what is he psychic now that he was going to, he knew that what was going to happen in the future was we were going to find this UNO and Pentium. It was a theory of his. So he lied and made up a whole story saying aliens gave it to us and I'm working on it for the government. And then they said he didn't even exist. Right. But yet he knew all this shit. Now everybody knows that what he said was obviously true. Right. So she's, she's giving us information here that we shouldn't have the answer to. We shouldn't know the word computer or the concept of backing up memory on a computer in 1948. There might have been some people in the CIA that might have understood that, right? But she didn't go, computer, what's that, right? Because she won't answer questions.
1: The core concept behind sexual reproduction technology was the invention of a chemical-electronic interaction called cyclical stimulus-response generators. This is a programmed...
0: Right, See, so then here, now she's giving us this information... On a level, think about that, right? So, so the technological uh, technology was invented uh, of a chemical electronic interaction called uh, cyclical stimulation response generators. This was a program, right? This is an programmed, this is an programmed, that's what it says there, uh, genetic mechanism, which causes a, a seemingly spontaneous, right? So let's let her continue or let him
1: continue. Genetic mechanism, which causes a seemingly spontaneous recurring impulse to reproduce. The same technique was later adapted and applied to biological flesh bodies, including Homo sapiens. Another important mechanism used in the reproductive process, especially with Homo sapien type bodies, is the implantation of a chemical electrical trigger mechanism in the body. The trigger which attracts ISBEs to inhabit a human body or any kind of flesh body is the use of an artificially imprinted electronic wave which uses aesthetic pain to attract the ISB. So here
0: she's trying to then now justify the human race and procreation between the humans, right? Saying that somebody who created animals and let them do that, then uh, decided to do the same thing with human beings, right? So now she, what she's doing subconsciously is trying to say that humans are nothing more than animals. And yet, and then she's trying to explain, Oh, and the reason that he, that people isbees, would inhabit a human body is because it of in and of itself is a trap. She doesn't say that, but right. The humans or any other kind of a flesh body is the use of artificially imprinted electronic wave, which uses aesthetic pain to attract the isbe. So now the human body is a, is a fly trap to, to attract the human being to trap us in the body. Every trap in the universe, including those used to capture ISBEs,
1: every trap in the universe, including those used to capture who remain free, is baited with an aesthetic electronic wave. The sensations caused by the aesthetic wavelength are more attractive to an Isby than any other sensation. When the electronic waves of pain and beauty are combined together, this causes the Isby to get stuck in the body. The reproductive trigger for lesser life forms, such as cattle and other animals, is triggered by chemicals emitted from scent glands, is triggered by chemicals emitted from the scent glands combined with reproductive chemical electrical impulses stimulated by testosterone or estrogen. So, So now
0: she's claiming that, like I said, the entire human race is a trap and that human bodies are a trap. Right. So that would suggest that no one inhabited the body that I'm in until the body was created first. And then at some point after the body was created, so was this in the womb or outside the womb? She's not telling us. At that point, this body became appealing to me as I was in the ether kind of cruising somewhere near Earth. And I happened to go, hey, there's this. Oh, man, I'm being drawn to this. This little, I don't know what this is. I gotta go check this out. And and I floated down to earth, and then all of a sudden, <whistles> boom. oh crap. Oh fuck, I'm a baby. What happened? I don't know. Oh, there goes my mind. I am I'm mind wiped. Eh, eh, eh. So every part of everything now is a trap. Right? So we were somehow captured as a soul and brought to the earth and then tossed into a body that would entrap us. We were stuck. Oh, I got to go to that body. There you go, kid. There you go, kid. Go get it. Get it, tiger. Get it. And then we got in the body and then then it begins the mind wipe. And then now we're entrapped with a body which is entrapped on a planet, which is which is a a penal colony, which is in a solar system that is a penal colony solar system, which is in a universe, which is all the people who are free thinkers and in any way troublemakers uh, only are put in uh, to the to the, the, the prison system. Oh, yeah. With the pedophiles and the evil people, too. Right, So who's left then? Only the moderate thinking? No, it's the people who agree with their ideology and the only ones outside the supposed prison. I'm not buying that again. I don't buy that. So now there's a prison. We're in a prison within a prison within a prison within a prison, right? And we're trapped here because the pain body is giving us pain and pleasure. So they, they it sends out a signal to to us going, ooh, pain and pleasure, ooh, pain and pleasure, come see, come see, and I'm going to go jump into a, a, a body that's not even fully formed inside of somebody's womb or one that's about to ready to come out and there's no soul in it until it come, breathes and goes, eh, and that's me going, bam, and slamming into the body and getting stuck in it. Why would I possess a body that can't even have the pain and pleasure and sex that is drawing me to it? Why wouldn't I land in a 17 or an 18 year old boy or girl? <laughs> boom, this is the perfect time. Let's go. Time to get jiggy, right? And then, and then the music starts. Da-den, 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 da-den. boom, ding, boom, ba-ding, boom, ding, All that 70s uh triple uh, uh, X music starts up and we start having debauchery and having sex. Now we're stuck here for good, man. We had sex and we're just in the body now because we had sex. And then the pain, because I had sex with somebody I was in love with and she was having sex with everybody that knew me. And now I have the pain part. Now I need more pleasure. Please somebody give me pleasure so that I can stay stuck in this body even longer. Come on, man. But yet there's no reason to try and get out. There's no reason to try and better yourself. She doesn't have any of that. It's just hopeless, you're hopeless, your race is hopeless, everybody, you're a slave, you're stuck, and oh yeah, you're even stuck because the prison is your body. Well, there's some truth to all of that, but they weren't created just to be a penal colony. Were they created to be a trap with them? Yes, we're in a a panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room, and we have to learn to get out of those. Adults understand how to stand up and climb out of the the playpen. Adults understand that the body— is an avatar and that we're stuck here because the mind and the ego is trapping us in this place. But not only trapping us in this place, that this body who's trapped in this place is trapped here as well. Okay. So there is some truth to what she's saying, but we weren't born as a penal colony. We weren't created as a penal colony by three-dimensional people or aliens. Not. Why would they create that? why would that not already be created? Right? Because if they're living in a society where there's good people and bad people, that stuff would already have to be, have a way of working itself out before they became 3d. You don't, you don't become 3d and go, okay, we have an issue. We have a problem. There are people doing hideous shit. And this is for the first time it's happening. Well, that probably happened at some point. we got to lock those ones up. Right? So I see you're going to have that, but again, how far does that go before the repentance of your ways before you get tired of the evil right again that has to assume that evil is just as good or just lives as and is equal to is equal to not evil because and the, and here's the thing she doesn't even talk about there being good and evil that's the weird thing cuz she says that but if there is somebody that's evil and does bad things then there has to be the opposite she doesn't talk about that Do you understand? She only talks about you guys are in prison because you you are not agreeing with the ideology of those in charge. And you're stuck there in a prison with a bunch of murderers, rapists, pillagers and killers. Well, wait a minute. So you're saying there is evil then. See, she won't admit that there's evil, but she's saying there's evildoers without saying there's evildoers. You can't admit you can't claim somebody's evil and say there is no good. You can't do that. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist in the universe itself. It doesn't work that way. So you can't say, well, there's these people that are evil. We're not evil. We just don't tolerate anybody who doesn't agree with us and we lock you up. So if you're a writer or a songwriter or a poet or a politician or a troublemaker, you're going to go to jail. And that's the type of people that are here, supposedly. And then the other alternative is the evil people that do bad things. So what you're saying is we're the good guys without saying it and they're the bad guys without saying it you're here with crazy lunatics and you guys are crazy lunatics in some way yeah see so right right denise says that the only prison is in our minds 100 that is my point is where i'm going with that we are definitely in a prison but it's only a prison of our minds we are imprisoning ourselves and, we, and that's where you are when you get here. You have to f- realize that. Once we realize, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So for us to actually realize that, you know, what did I say when we were going to do the webinar? Is is your reality in, getting in your way or holding you back? Yes, because you're stuck in this conceptual reality. In some way, you are associating with this avatar as you, right? It's either your ego you think is you or your mind as it thinks you think that's you. You associate with the thinking mind, and you believe that's you. Well, the thinking mind is just is just telling you what the ego is saying and what the the uh, the conscience is saying. It's just giving you those two feeds, and what you're witnessing. Do you understand what you're experiencing? The brain says out loud to itself. Okay, and so you're you're stuck in your mind. You have to see. Uh, you have to transcend that. And that's what I was teaching with that 30 second meditation where you just concentrate on your breathing. And when you do that, you don't think of anything else. And, and I want you to realize where you are in that place when you're not thinking you're not, you're just concentrating on my breath going in and out and how it feels in this avatar. And so you don't think about anything. You just think about your you being alive in the air coming in and out in that respect. You're literally, you're not thinking now. So how could the thought be you? Because you were just existing without thought. Do you understand? So if you're existing without thought, then the mind is not you. So therefore you are not the brain that is in this avatar. It does. Thank you that you have been doing that. Welcome ZNN, (laughs) Zeta News Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Share this out, share this out. Thank you for being here. Those of you guys who, and, uh, and, uh, um, there's a couple of you that are actually podcasters that are in here. Thank you for, for, uh, for coming in here Uh, and share this out. So, so it does work. So therefore, therefore if there is that higher self, that's not the mind or the ego, obviously we're not this. So the flesh, the pain body is here for, is, is the avatar in here. No different than when you play a video game and you're in that avatar. Now you're witnessing that avatar. And if you go into full person version, there's no difference between you seeing through the eyes that you're seeing through here and you seeing through the eyes that you're seeing on your computer monitor. You're just a little further back. If you put on one of those goggles, right? If you put on the goggles on your face now, it's the same as you looking out through your eyes because now you're seeing it right through these eyes. So if you played a video game that way, what's the difference between this reality and that reality? That one you can't die in when you die, you just you just respawn because we created that in that computer program. In this computer program, that we're in here when we die, we do respawn, but we don't respond as the same person now. So we start all the way over as someone else. So there's a little bit more weight to this life that we have to look out for. We're in the video games. It doesn't matter. And we designed that for in the video games for our uh, pleasure, for our fun. Well, in a sense, we designed this body for the same way. It's just that uh, on a scale of that we created this body, and this avatar, and this reality, um, we know that you are still the same soul and it doesn't matter if you're in a new body because that's the point of the ex of the exercise is to be in a different body, be a different person to experience completely different things than you did the last time. And that only works if you don't come back as you, but she doesn't seem to have that consciousness, right? Blue people, AKA the blues. Welcome. Orion grays. Hello everybody. Say now, the, the Orion Grays, now that's a that's a good concept, right? Now, are you part of the Orion Grays? Are you part of the, the in-service-to-self portion of of those said Orion Grays? Or are you, like myself, part of the in-service-to-others portion of of the uh, Orion, right? Because there's both there, right? And if you're here, I'm assuming that you're in service to others because you would not clash with my energy, or you would clash with my energy, and you wouldn't want to have anything to do with me <laughs> if you were, in fact— Uh, evil, right? Two hearts, welcome. So yeah, you guys, if you guys don't shout out, you don't say anything. I don't know that you're in the, in the chat. The only way I know that you're there, I see numbers, but I don't know who you guys are unless you say hi or whatever, like you guys are doing. So greetings, welcome. All right. So let's get back to what Errol is talking about here (coughs) with her deception about, um, about the human soul being, or the human body being a trap. I mean, it is a trap, but not in the sense that she's trying to pass it off as, right? So let's continue.
1: These are also interactive with nutrition levels, which cause the life form to reproduce more when deprived of food sources. Starvation promoted reproductive activity as a means of perpetuating survival through future generations when the current organism fails to survive. These fundamental principles have been applied throughout all species of life. The debilitating impact and addiction to the sexual aesthetic pain electronic wave is the reason that the ruling class of the domain do not inhabit flesh bodies. This is also why officers of the domain.
0: Greetings to what is that a aliens? Greetings. Welcome. Thank you for the thank you for the shout out there
1: horses only use doll bodies. This wave has proven to be the most effective trapping device ever created in the history of the universe. As far as I know, the civil. So, so, so this, let's get crazy and jiggy with that. So
0: you guys, we all, according to Errol, the alien here, all of us right now here on this earth have the distinction of being trapped in the greatest trap known to the universe and all species in the universe. So she's claiming here that all other three-dimensional life forms that are alive are not a trap, but the human species is a trap. She hasn't said that, but she did just say that the human, the human body is the, the, the most effective trap device ever created in the history of the universe, as far as I know, she says. So there again, with her saying, as far as I know, suggests that she doesn't know everything. In the beginning, she said she's one of the gods. Well, then why is it that she doesn't know everything? Because, isn't that if she's saying that there are no gods and that we are the gods, then how is it that you're over 12 trillion years old but you don't know everything? To the best of my knowledge, the human race, right? This wave has proven to be the most effective trapping device ever created in the history of the universe, as far as I know. That's right there. It's a very important line. As far as I know, is admission that she is not as old as creation. Therefore, something happened before her, but she won't talk about that. And she won't let anybody ask her those questions. So now, not only are we pathetic, not only are we trapped on a planet that all of our entire society from, uh, from as far back as a billion years ago and all of our religions and ideologies were either created by her race when they were trapped here, or they're the old guard uh, information that we're not supposed to have. That she already claimed to that that everything that we have on Earth was was supposed to be completely void of anything that would remind us of anywhere we came. Then two chapters later, she said that all of what we have and all of our technology that we've had forever and all of our buildings ever were in fact from the old guard. Yet she just contradicts contradiction to what she said. Earlier, And then she said, we're trapped here. We're pathetic. We can never get out yet. The machines are all breaking down and it's becoming easier and easier. And the mind wipes not sticking. And that's why guys like me have the memory and the knowledge that I do have to talk about what I'm talking about yet. I'm stuck here. and There's no way that I can get out. And she doesn't know how, and their race doesn't know how to get the mind wipe to disappear. So they can't save the people of her race that is stuck on the planet yet. All of that's breaking down and it's, and we're remembering But yet we're not going to get out because we can't get out because we're slaves. Right? That's a complete contradiction through this entire thing that she's claiming. Now, I'm not claiming that she, again, I'm not saying she's not an alien. I believe she is. I just don't believe that she's as old as she claims. And I don't believe that she is what she claims. Okay? But she is an alien. But I don't believe that she's more than 12 trillion years old. Right. Denise says trillions of years old, but had to read all of our books to get the knowledge, right? Sorry. Can't get over the book thing, lady. (laughs) I agree with you. Right. That's my whole gig. That's my, everything in in a nutshell, Denise is, well, if you're, if you've been around this long and you know so much about earth because you've been here so many times, how come you don't know that Saul wasn't the first son and that, that, uh, that Saturn was uh, was our original sun, and it was a blue dwarf, and that's why those amoebas would be alive on our planet, because they lived under the blue dwarf, and so in some way they evolved to make it under the yellow star that we have now, Saul, and uh, you would know that because you were here prior to Saul being in place, but she doesn't talk about that. Right. Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Right. So so we're pathetic. We're weak. We can't get out. We're slaves. And we don't have the wherewithal because we're slaves to try and get out in any way. And oh, by the way, your human body is also a trap that you can't get away from because you love the pain and the sex. Right. So she's there's no way out, no hope. that everything that we have that's hope, she she poo-poos and says, Oh no, 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 no. We either created that or you made that shit up, and either way, it's still part of the trap. It was there to confuse you. My Wi-Fi has dipped down a little bit now. So if I sound like I'm underwater, I apologize. It's coming back up now. So we'll continue as soon as I get my Wi-Fi back to full strength, which now we're good. I'll go ahead and continue with what Errol's talking about.
1: Civilizations of the domain and the old empire both depend on this device to recruit and maintain a workforce of Isbes who inhabit flesh bodies on planets and installations. These Isby's are the working class beings who do all the slavish, manual, undesirable work on planets. Okay, so, so now she's claiming that the human race in and of itself was created
0: to house to house souls as slaves as a prism
1: as i mentioned there is a very highly regimented and fixed hierarchy or class system for all isbes throughout the old empire and the domain as follows the highest class are free isbes that is they are not restricted
0: see now this is where this is telling okay and i want to stop here because i want to let her continue uh, unabated by me but i want to preface this she's telling us now that there's a caste system set up in the universe she even said it called it she called it a class system that's still a caste system the highest class the highest caste is free and we're going to let her continue now you have to understand that anyone who lives under a hierarchy a class system of those who are free and those who are not are living in a society that is controlled by evil people Do you understand? Because people who are in service to self immediately want power and they want total control for themselves. So they always set up a caste system. That's why we have one here on earth, because the 10% or 15, roughly 15 to 17% of the population is in fact evil. Those people are the ones who strive for and put themselves into a position of power. And the only way they can continue to control that and have that power is they have to set up the class system or the caste system, which is the pyramidal system of one ruling class and everyone else beneath them. So now she's claiming that they've been around for trillions and trillions of years, yet they're still in the class system. The only way that she could be a part of a group of people that are in the cl- in the class system or the caste system is that that group of people that she is involved with are in fact in service to self. Do you understand? The non-tolerance of anyone who doesn't agree with their ideology and they get put in prison, the uh, the way of attacking and ruling people by combat, killing, murdering, and pillaging is very three-dimensional. It's also very barbaric. It's also very egoic. Do you understand? So now, again, she's getting into telling us how the class system is set up in her belief system. And she said the domain and the old empire. And the old empire, we know, was just like them, an evil conquering race. Right? Sounds like humans, doesn't it? Sounds like us right now. If we we broke out from Earth and had the technology to fly and to find other people, the first thing we're going to do is go there and conquer their ass, if we can. Because that's, that's our barbaric ideology in this body in the third dimension. A baby soul race of people that the humans are. So if I graduate into the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh density, and that's all we still got is this ideology, we're in trouble. Do you understand? If that's the case, we're in the mind of a baby who is not out of the womb yet. And that our creator is, in fact, a baby. And we're in the mind of that baby, and we're part of that baby. That's the only way that that scenario can play out. Unless it's a choice, and they're conquering. Then it falls back to, there has to be light and darkness. There has to be good and evil. But you can't say any of those things, because to admit that there are evil people You have to admit that there are good because that's the way the universe works. So she can't claim there's evil people without good people. And you can't do either of those without saying there's a higher consciousness of evil group of people and a higher consciousness of good groups of people that ascends towards ascension that uh, allows for ascension. She can't talk to us about that because she's afraid to tell us that. Because God forbid, like she said before, if you guys all woke up and realized that you are are prisoners and that you shouldn't be imprisoned, then you would be able to leave. That was her telling us the key, guys. If you realize that you're not able to be held in detention because you are free, no one can stop you from being here. She admitted that early on. So those of you who didn't hear that, you should go back and listen to this video and pay attention to every word she says. That's why I'm breaking this down. So she's already told us the secret is knowledge that you are immortal. Therefore, you can't be held as a prisoner. That's the key. Without trying to, she gave us the answer and the way out of this prison. Do you understand? I talked about it when she said it, and I reiterated it just now because she's about to get into the caste system. The highest class
1: are free ISBs. That is, they are not restricted to the use of any type of body and may come and go at will, provided that they do not destroy or interfere with the social, economic, or political structure. Below, See, they don't mess with anything. You don't rock the boat, you don't disagree with us,
0: and you don't in any way inform people of any other ideology or doctrine besides the one we're teaching you.
1: Let's continue. this class are many strata of limited ISBEs who may or may not use a body from time to time. Limitations are imposed on each ISBE regarding range of power, ability, and mobility they can exercise. Below these are doll body class, to which I belong. Nearly all space officers and crew members of spacecraft are required to travel through intergalactic space. Therefore, they are each equipped with a body manufactured from lightweight, durable material very
0: okay so hold on now right nearly all space officers and crew members of spacecrafts are required to travel through intergalactic space why why is that why is that no answer to that therefore they are all they are each equipped with a body manufactured from a lightweight
1: durable Materials, various body types. Various body types have been designed to facilitate specialized function. Some bodies have accessories such as interchangeable tools or apparatus for activities such as maintenance, mining, chemical management, navigation, and so forth. There are many graduations of this body type, which also serve as an insignia of rank. Below these are the soldier class. The soldiers are equipped with a myriad of weapons and specialized armaments designed to detect, combat, and overwhelm any imaginable foe. Some soldiers are issued mechanical bodies. Most soldiers are merely remote-controlled robots with no class designation. See, so here she's talking
0: about in three-dimensional space now. Right. So this is why, you know, why are they required? Well, because it's three dimensional space. Okay, so they sometimes there's a group of people that they the higher ups will allow to to uh, to go into a body and control that body and then be in the three dimensional world that we are living in here in this avatar and then fly around and conquer people there. But that's not where she resides. She resides in the non corporal energy uh, form. So why would they feel the need to then move into a body of a lower form to then do something and attack and and control the lower forms? The only reason that they would do that is because they want to be in control of everyone, not just the people at their plane of existence, but even the people below than themselves in this three-dimensional body. That is people in service to others. They are evil in the minds of the universe. Now they're transversing from the light being and coming down in controlling bodies with their energy so that they can now control, this occupy and control the three-dimensional space, as well as doing the same thing in their dimension. Now, go back to the law of one. And the whole purpose of the communication between Ra, a hive mind species, which is still here in this universe, that's helping the council of 12 or the council of first it's, it was seven and then 14. And then some people say there's many others that have joined in, but the original council of seven and which has become the council of, of I don't believe it's 14. I think it's 12. It could be, but don't quote me on that. Okay. And they're part of the people who have, who have put a, uh, uh, you know, a dragnet around the solar system and lock the solar system down so that no alien races could get here and screw with us anymore because they've already done enough damage to us in the past because there was no prime directive. And those people who are conquering the way that she's claiming her race of people are conquering the domain expeditionary force, and this is being warned by Ra that they came from Orion. That's why I asked Orion Grays if they were the Orion Grays that were the negative or the Orion Grays that were the positive that came out of Orion. Because the Orion Crusaders are a group of three-dimensional and probably uh, uh, you know, uh, energy beings in three-dimensional bodies as well as other people who are occupying three-dimensional bodies like we are. And they're trying to conquer this planet, and any other planet that has three-dimensional people on it. And how they do that is they show up. This is is according to Raw, not just Raw, other beings that I have read or heard the interviews by the American government and other governments throughout my research that I have gotten and compiled from insiders from five different countries around the world, their Secret Service personnel and insiders. That They talk about this war that's going on that's part of the temporal war, which is slightly separate from that temporal war. So this is why I said there's more than one temporal war going on. There's a temporal war going on uh, between here with us humans, but that's being orchestrated by the temporal war that's going on by the Orion Crusaders or any other evil group of people, because you have the old guard that she calls them. Right. And that they were here first and they were evil and doing the same thing that these people are doing, her people are doing. And she just admitted that. Right. And so only the lower class people limited to the flesh body. Of course, it is not possible for these uh, for these to travel through space from obvious or for obvious reasons.
1: The lower classes are limited to flesh bodies. Of course, it is not possible for these to travel through space for obvious reasons fundamentally flesh bodies are far too fragile to oh
0: <laughs> right the council of five I, I love it brother the council of five formerly the council of nine thank you i couldn't remember exactly where that was that's why I said seven and then I, I think what is the council of five which was formerly the council of nine thank you for that um welcome by the way i didn't i didn't see that. you're actually the name of your of your is the council of five that's hilarious right formally the council of nine right agreed okay so thank you thank you for, for uh, being there to, to back me up on that. I just couldn't remember the exact numbers because depending on who you talk to, it changes. And some people say it's the council of 14 now, and it's the council of, of 32, because of all these groups that supposedly have joined in that I'm unaware of. And I have connections in the councils off world. Right. And so I'm like, okay, maybe you guys are, are uh, at a hierarchy or something that I'm not privy to. Uh, I always assume, I never assume, you know, that I know everything. I always assume that I don't because uh, you know, I, I, I worked for the, for the IRA for a long time, and I'm still actually a, a, a member. I'm just not active anymore because there's no reason for it. I'm now working with the same people on a larger scale with the coalitions on the planet to do the same thing and free the planet the same way we freed other places, including Ireland. So I understand how the cell system works you only get to know a few people that you're in contact with and then they're they're in contact with so that if anybody gets caught only one person knows anyone past the cell right and that's why the success of the IRA has never been they've never captured them and that's why they employed them uh, on this planet to um t- to teach all of the terrorist organizations and train them that you've ever heard of in the past 50 or almost 100 years they've all been trained by the Irish Republican Army and this is true you can look that up so I understand how that works. So I never assume that I know everything. I only know that I know what I know for as far as my cell knowledge goes and the information that I gain. And then I talk to people that I know no more than I do and see what they can glean or what I can glean from them and what they can give me. But no one ever gives up anything about what they know about the cell. Right. And that's just the way it works. It has to work that way. So you're only fed what you you know, you're it's on a need to know basis. You hear that in the military as well. It's compartmentalized in the military and Secret Service the same way, right? That's why the CIA will never go under, the NSA will never go under, the FBI will never go under because they they have now all uh, compartmentalized themselves the same way. That's why it's hard when they always say one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. It kind of gets that way when you have too many uh, chiefs and not enough Indians or uh, you really have smaller cells and they're autonomous and they do whatever they want. That's when shit gets into trouble. Right. So let's continue with what we're talking about here. The lower classes, right? The flesh body. Uh, the, let's see, the endure the stress and the gravity. I think that's where she's at.
1: Endure the stresses of gravity, temperature extremes, radiation exposure, atmospheric chemicals, and the vacuum of space. There are also the obvious logistical and conveniences of food, defecation, sleep, atmospheric elements, and air pressure required by flesh bodies that dull bodies do not require. Most flesh bodies will suffocate in only a few minutes without a specific combination of atmospheric chemicals. After two or three days, the bacteria which live internally and externally on the body cause severe odors to be emitted. Odors of any kind are not acceptable in a space vessel. Flesh can tell...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whoo, somebody needs a shower. <laughs> right. uh, and that would, I guess that would happen. And I agree with, you know, I like the... Uh, the analogy here, the description of, uh, you know, this is all the things that are required for the human body to survive in space, and we just don't go through that trouble. So we make a little doll body that doesn't need any of that. Well, you wouldn't need any of that. So I I get that here. Here again, some uh, give kudos to her backstory here, because it's logical. This could still be, you know, a three-dimensional person talking like this. I doubt it. Again, I think this is an alien telling the truth here. So here's some of the truth with some of the lies. As a matter of fact, flesh can tolerate only a very limited spectrum of temperature, whereas in space, the, the contrast of the temperature may vary hundreds of degrees within seconds. Agreed. We know that to be true today. We didn't back in 1948 because we we had not really gotten off the ground too much as far as going into space. So we didn't we can only surmise and postulate theories about that. But she's talking as a matter of fact, and we know that to be true 100 percent today because of, of we've gone to space. Right. So, of course, flesh bodies are, are utterly useless for for military duty. Right. A single shot from a, a handheld electronic blast gun. Uh, instantly turns the flesh body into a noxious vapor cloud,
1: right? ...only a very limited spectrum of temperatures, whereas in space the contrast of temperatures may vary hundreds of degrees within seconds. Of course, flesh bodies are utterly useless for military duty. A single shot from a handheld electronic blast gun instantly turns a flesh body into a noxious vapor cloud, isbes who inhabit flesh bodies have lost much of their native ability and power although it is theoretically possible to regain or rehabilitate these abilities no practical means has been discovered or authorized by the domain Even though spacecraft of the domain travel trillions of light years in a single day, the time required to traverse the space between galaxies is significant, not to mention the length of time to complete just one set of mission orders, which may require thousands of years. Biological flesh bodies live for only a very short time, only 60 to 150 years at most, whereas doll bodies can be reused and repaired almost indefinitely.
0: See, so I, I get what she's saying, right? I understand that, that it would take, for, you know, a long time, you know, light years, trillions of light years. So why would you have a, a human body to be in, in trying to go there? Well, I wouldn't do that either. It wouldn't be my, my first choice. If I were a light being, first of all, why don't you just travel as light, right? If you are, in fact, so a, a light being, why don't you just, I've heard of that, right? Raw talked about that, where they just use their minds and bamf, there's an old uh, uh, comic book uh, um, uh, sound effect for you, for those of you who are comic book readers, Bamf, and then you're in place. Right. Well, but they don't do that. They get into a doll body and they fly trillions and trillions of light years to go and do something. And it takes thousands and thousands of years. So, but see, now you have to remember that. And she's not saying that here, but you have to remember that outside this reality, all space and time is different. It's not time, space, it's space, time. Right. And time and space, all you know, time is a constant here. We're there. It all happens at once past, present, and future. So for them, a thousand years, uh, uh, you know, a, th- a thousand light years would only be now. Right. So that so that would it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter so much that you had to travel that far. It's just that you wouldn't want to have a human body because it would die and you'd have to get into a new avatar every 50 to 150 years for a couple of hundred of light years, right? Trillions of light years. So you wouldn't want to have that. I agree with that. That's not a functional body to have. You'd want to have something that doesn't need to eat or sleep or, or, uh, or whatever. Uh, And it just is, you know, so you get into a little, doll body like she talks about or a gray alien uh, 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 exos- exoskeleton and, and and your mind would go into that and then take off with it. I get that she's still however in is sitting someplace else because she's not occupying that completely 100% inside that body she's she's projecting herself to there right And so there's some more truth with what she's talking about right there. So that's kind of important, right? And so we are getting information from this alien as to how things work in her future or in her uh, reality. Uh, Yet she's still corroborating a lot of what say raw Warren is warning about and other species and other races are warning about with these conquering races uh, that are trying to say that they created us or that they are our saviors or they are our conquerors or they are our creation gods, And she's and she's, uh, you know, pinging every spidey sense that we're being warned about. But we weren't being warned back then because the raw didn't come through until 1981.
1: The first development of biological bodies began in this universe about 74 trillion. Not
0: saying that raw was the only uh, you know, because Ra obviously was here in back in the Egyptian times, and they talked about that. So I'm not saying that Ra was the only people that have ever come here to help or warn us, because we know that from Ra themselves, that several other beings, which are all part of the, the Council of Venus, right, currently, who came here to help us, stayed here to continue to help us, because they fucked us up in some ways. The dilemma that we're in right now on this planet is directly related to Ra coming here in Egypt and screwing things up. They've admitted that to them, to us and to themselves. So they've committed themselves to stay and help us as long as it takes for us to get unstuck before they leave because they know they caused this. That was an omission. I mean, that was an admission by Ra during the um, somewhere in there. And I don't remember where uh, uh, it was early on, though. So it might have been in the first 10 or 15 sessions. I'm sure it was in the first 10 or 15 sessions, right? So here again, she's kind of corroborating that. And there's other sources as well that I'm not citing, a couple of which I can't, only because I haven't been given permission to, to, to but raw is out there for all of us to read. So you can read raw, It's it's public knowledge, but there's some stuff that's not public knowledge that I'm privy to that I can't tell you my sources on that because they haven't been vetted or they haven't been protected so they can't be, Spoken about yet, and eventually those will come out, but not until other things are are in place, right? Just like most of us wanderers were hidden until we're not. Do you understand? There's a reason for that. Ra talked about that, right? And so Ra explained that in more details. I'm not going to get into that because that's not what we're here for today. So you guys want to listen to you know read the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, read um, Hermes, right? The the Hermetic uh, texts and the uh, um, and the uh, Gnostic. Uh, Gospels, and you'll understand more of what I'm saying. Let's continue.
1: Years ago, it rapidly became a fad for ISBs to create and inhabit various types of bodies for an assortment of nefarious reasons, especially for amusement. This is to experience various physical sensations vicariously through the body. Since that time, there has been a continuing de evolution in the relationship of ISBs to bodies. As ISBs continue to play around with these bodies, certain tricks. Were introduced to cause bees to get trapped inside a body, so they were unable to leave again. This,
0: okay. So see, I knew that was coming. Well, I knew that was coming because I read this before. But, but even then, I knew that was coming. So, so even then, we, we or the the universal mindset was creating three dimensional bodies to inhabit to to have experiences and have fun, like a drug, to come down, have sex, do all the stuff, all that we get to do here. Right, So not just humans, but other forms of life as well. Okay, now that plays into here some more information that she's giving us a, an inkling of without realizing that she's doing it. That plays into the central mind. What is the entire purpose of all of this? Right? What is the entire purpose for all of this, for the existence of life, for us to be sentient? What is the, what? Why? Okay, and according to the way the universe works, and I called it the way, right? And and you know then the law of one uh, pops up, and they're talking about the way the universe works, and other places, other people, and if you read all these doctrines that I've been quoting about, you'll see the same thing. The purpose of all of this, the entire exercise, is the one true Creator wanting to experience. Everything on every possible level of experience that it can experience. And to experience that, everything was created, including our individual sentient minds. And we are not something that was created out of nothing. We are actually a thought, a creation in the mind of the creator. So we are the creator. Like, like what we're you know we said earlier, as above, so below; as within, so without. So it's as below, so above, and that's the way it truly is. Not as above, so below; it's as below, so above, and as within, so without. It's even told in the Christian Bible that way, right? It's even told in the Christian Bible that way. That is what what we, what we humans sow on earth, so shall I sow that in heaven. What you unleash on earth i too shall unleash in heaven so it's as within so without as below so above so we have the power of creation and then the above energy does what we say that's the incorrupt an incorruptible ability of the human race it's their power creation love Creation comes from love and can only be created from love. You can't change the universe. You can't create the universe out of hate. Only those people with love in their heart can create. And it comes from the heart, all of creation. Look around us, even in this 3D uh, reality, everything that someone creates, they're passionate about, and it comes from the heart and they create something, a book, a music, a poem, a movie, whatever it is. Right, music magazine, a company, whatever. It's it comes from your heart. You want this to be. You manifest this. You work on this, and the only way it's successful is that it has to be. You have to be one hundred and twenty-seven percent in, and the only way you're one hundred and twenty percent, seven percent in anything, is because you love it. You're in love with it. You love it. Right. So. That's the key. That's the key. We, you, me, we are the key. Do you understand? And Jesus, and and that savior character, not you, you, we use the word. I use the word Jesus because Jesus is the last time that we're aware that the savior character actually, unless Muhammad came after uh, Jesus, then Muhammad, right? Um, so whatever the last character w- would be the factor. I I just do call it the Jesus factor. But if you read all those gospels and understand and listen to what I had said, or you catch me talking uh, about that again on uh, on the 27th on Saturday, uh, you'll hear me talking about that there. And you, and I talk about that on my show as well on Wednesday. Okay, so they created human bodies for fun. They created other uh, three-dimensional races to descend into for having fun. Uh, what would you be doing? Like, oh, gonna go, go, go. Uh, apple pie no you're coming here for sex drugs and rock and roll why else would you do that debauchery why else would you do that no, no no that's wrong leo i mean that's one aspect you could then come down here to earth because you want to smell the roses and see the beauty uh, of the stuff here eat the food like i said uh there's other reasons that you would still come for the wonderment of being able to experience things as that, whatever you are in that in that three-dimensional form, a human being or a reptilian or a gray or or whatever, a blue avian, you know whatever it is that you are that is three-dimensional. So not only do you go through this on the way up, but some people come back because of the nostalgia and the fun of getting away, let's go on vacation, right? Go and have a vacation and go to go to earth and be a human and have fun and screw around, and do whatever you're gonna you know, ride my skateboard until I break my arm and then I'm checking out.
1: Right? So let's continue, This was done primarily by making bodies that appeared sturdy, but were actually very fragile. And isbe using their natural power to create energy accidentally injured a body when contacting it, the Isbe was remorseful about having injured this fragile body. The next time they encountered a body they began to be careful with them. In so doing, the Isby would withdraw or minimize their own power so as not to injure the body. A very long and treacherous history of this kind of trickery, combined with similar misadventures, eventually resulted in a large number of isbees becoming permanently trapped in bodies. Of course, this became a profitable enterprise for some ISBEs who took advantage of the situation to make slaves of others. The resulting enslavement progressed over trillions of years and continues today. Ultimately, the dwindling ability of ISBEs to maintain a personal state of operational freedom and ability to create energy resulted in the vast and carefully guarded hierarchy or class system. Using bodies as a symbol of each class is used throughout the old empire as well as the domain. The vast majority of Isbys throughout the galaxies of this universe inhabit some form of flesh body. The structure, appearance, operation, and habitat of these bodies vary according to the gravity, atmosphere, and climatic conditions of the planet they inhabit. Body types are predetermined largely by the type and size of the star around which the planet revolves, the distance from the star, the geological, as well as the atmospheric components of the planet. See, now, I would say
0: that that is true, right? I mean, that's true in, in nature as well. Animals will only grow as large as the space that allows them to grow in same thing when you have a bunch of fish in a fish tank if you have a, a lot of fish they stay small if the population dwindles and they have less fish the fish that are in there get larger and larger right so they occupy a certain amount of space so the whatever that whatever the the spaces is that they have to occupy in and the whatever the factors are so yeah that's logical so what she's saying here I don't see anything wrong with what she's saying that and we know that. We develop bigger and stronger and muscular bodies if we have more gravitational pull. If we have less gravitational pull, we don't grow as tall. We don't grow as muscular. So we stay smaller and slender because we don't need all of that extra fat. We don't need the layers of muscle. We don't need that. Hence the grays being very, uh, you know, having a big head for their brain uh, and then their bodies being small because they don't, they don't, uh, you know, they're not on a planet all the time. So they don't have to worry about gravity or they're a a bio suit of some sort and don't have to worry about it. Right then, then you just want to be, you know, you're not trying to be the strongest man in the universe. Do you see? So yes, I, I, I see that. And we humans are very diverse that way. Right? Think about that when you go from like I live in, a, in, in the state of California, right outside the state capital of Sacramento, I'm at 58 feet above sea level, which means we have the highest uh, concentration of oxygen on the planet at sea level. So then when you leave and you go up into the mountains, you have less oxygen, yet humans become efficient, their body changes and adapts. It takes a few days. So if I were to go up to, say, Lake Tahoe, it's so high up, I would be winded walking around for the first few days until my body got used to the idea that I have less oxygen to work with. So my body has to become more efficient with the oxygen that it has, and it adapts. Same thing when we go deep sea diving, we can go down, down, down so deep that the pressure is so deep that our body, the, the, our blood pressure changes so that we don't get crushed by the pressure on the outside. We, we, equal, we, we reach equilibrium with the area that we're in. However, then to transverse and come back to the surface, it takes us longer to decompress. We have to go to a decompression chamber. Otherwise we get what we call the bends where all the oxygen in our body all explodes. the oxygen uh, cells in our body explode uh, all at once because we went from a, a high area of, of density pushing against our bodies to this here on on the surface where you almost your body almost explodes because that's what your blood pressure is trying to do. It's pushing out resistance, to the pressure that's pushing in, keeping your body at an equilibrium balance. But when we go to a denser place with more, our body changes quickly to adapt. But coming back, it can do damage to us. So you have to decompress slower. It takes a lot longer to come back up to a lesser dense Uh, 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 amount of energy pressuring against your body and your body is trying to push out really really hard and it takes longer for it to to go back the same thing uh, when you have vision in the daylight and then all of a sudden darkness hits you blam you can't see shit for a few seconds until your uh, pupils dilate and and you can then get your night vision but then if you go from that to a flashing light within your face it hurts because you're letting in too much light and now you're doing damage to your body so you have to you have to then close your eyes as quick as you can to make it dark and then allow your eyes to start adjusting to the light do you see so we're very diverse but there are areas where we can get in trouble and have damage done to us if we change or try to to do one thing and then come back from that faster than uh than before so i'm looking at all of what she's saying here and saying yeah man what i see exactly all that's logical so she's saying throughout the universe people are still coming back into these corporal bodies to have fun and do crazy shit right for a weekend or whatever all right let's continue
1: on the average these stars and planets fall into gradients of classification which are fairly standard throughout the universe for example earth is identified roughly as a sun type 12 class 7 planet this is a heavy gravity nitrogen oxygen atmosphere planet with biological life forms in proximity to a single yellow medium-sized low radiation sun or type 12 star
0: See, in the uh, um, universe of Star Trek, we call that a class M planet, right? Class M planet would be the Goldilocks zone, which is what she's talking about here, with uh, our planet being on a type 12 star and this whole entire, uh, you know, the sun is type 12 class 7 planet. So our planet, according to her and her people, is considered class 7 because it's around a class 12 yellow star. Right. And so that's their designation for the earth. And I don't see anything wrong with that designation, even if she made it up, right? <laughs> Cause that's equivalent to the one we made up for uh, the human race made up for uh, in Star Trek class M planet, which is a planet, the Goldilocks zone again, where this, it would support human life. And it's very similar to uh, the yellow sun that we have, or a sun that gives off light. that's very similar to that, that we can absorb and it doesn't do any damage to us in some way. And so it's the Goldilocks zone. That's what we call it in, Uh, American science.
1: Proper designations are difficult to translate accurately due to the extreme limitations of astronomical nomenclature in the English language. There are as many varieties of life forms as there are grains of sand on the beach. You can imagine how many different creatures and types of bodies have been manufactured by millions of companies such as bugs and blossoms for all the myriad planets.
0: See, so here again, she's claiming that all life was created by this by some company. Again, I can imagine a place where you have to have a story, and you don't believe in a in a god. You don't believe in the creation, so you have to have a backstory, right, as to how everything got created. So, in her religion, which is a non-religion, it was the it was a the, the, the you know the beings the the is bees of a time prior to her that created everything. See, that's the story they have to come up with to make it work there. Hold on a second.
1: My phone's ringing. It's my brother. Hold on just one second. military system. Okay, sorry for the dead air. For those of you who are on the MP3 file, you're like, wait a minute, what just happened?
0: He just went dead. That was my brother calling on the phone. He calls every night uh, to check on myself and my mother. Moreover, to check on my mom and talk to me. I'm our, our mother's caregiver. She's 77, has Alzheimer's. So when he's on his way home from work, he gives a call and how's mom doing? How's everything? And he knows that I'm on air. And when I just told him I'm on air still, but mom answered the phone. So you can talk to her. He started laughing. And I said, I'll call you back if I get off the air in a few minutes. He said, all right, otherwise, I'll talk to you later. And now he's talking to my mom. <laughs> So I apologize for the dead air. Okay, so such is life, right? Okay, so let's continue with with uh, letting Errol talk
1: here. During the course of seventy-four trillion years.
0: Oh, and and there you go again. Uh, let me continue with what I was saying. First of all, she the the one thing that she did just admit is that there's almost an unlimited amount of of beings of races of beings in the universe, not just well, onesy twosies, unlimited. I mean, hundreds of millions of different types, as many different races in the universe as there is grains of sand on a beach. Those were her words, right? So, so that's like a good, let's see, there's a gleam. Like I said, we're going to get some truth out of her. We're going to get some reality out of her, even though she's trying to poo-poo everything about us. Right. And saying that we're nothing but, you know, useless waste of whatever. All right. So now we're back to uh, uh, Matilda. This is uh, her talking again right here. You can see her notes. Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, personal note. Uh, And so now this is going to be Matilda talking uh, about something here. So let's go ahead with that.
1: Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, personal note. When Errol finished telling me this story, there was a long, silent pause while I muddled through all this in my mind. Had Errol been reading science fiction books and fantasy stories during the night? Why would she tell me something so incredibly far-fetched? If there had not been a 40-inch tall alien with gray skin and three fingers on each hand and foot sitting directly across from me, I would not have believed a single word of it. In retrospect, over the 60 years since Errol gave me this information, Earth doctors have begun to develop some of the biological engineering technology that Errol told me about right here on Earth. Heart bypasses, cloning, test tube babies, organ transplants, plastic surgery, genes, chromosomes, and so on. One thing is for sure. Sorry, that's twice I hit hit the keyboard
0: tray. I was cleaning my glasses. And I uh, uh, couldn't see and I hit the keyboard tray. And then just now I went to pause this to talk about what she was saying and smashed my hand in the keyboard tray again. And I saw that you guys saw that, on, or you could hear that on the screen uh, or hear that what I was doing. I apologize for that. So, see, again, right when she was first told this stuff, it seemed crazy because none of that stuff did we have then. Now, uh, the stuff that, this, that she's saying makes complete sense. Right. And that's where, you know, unfortunately, that'll tie into the people who go, well, the gray aliens are us from the future that have come back. And and they're no, no, there is a temporal war, but the gray aliens are not us in the future. Um, Could we evolve into something like that? Yes. Yes, we could. But they're not us. There's just that's just not part of the temporal war. Right. I know that. I mean, there is a temporal war and we in the future in some guise uh, as the human race will evolve, but not into gray aliens. Right. If you look at gray aliens, they have a completely different physiology than we do. They're not they're not humans that have evolved in the future in, in some place. Could well, something close and similar to a gray? Uh, could we turn into something like that? Yeah. And then when the, if the time is right, because if we go to space and become a space faring race and we don't land on planets very often, we will then lose all the weight and become smaller because we won't need the, the strength. We won't need that. But the fact that we as humans would be planet hopping because that's what we're trying to do. I don't see that in our near future, we would become an alien race like that, just traveling around and not actually landing uh, on a, on a a place and having to have a body that works there. Do you understand? So if we became, if we evolved into uh, grays, when we came down to Earth, We would have to get used to the atmosphere here and the gravity here. So our bodies would have to adjust and start growing muscle tissue to survive here. We couldn't be here very long without that starting to happen. The same thing goes when you go and you send people to space. It doesn't take very long. It doesn't take very long, a couple of days, and your body starts shedding the weight. That's why they have to work out when they're in space and, and ride bicycles to lift weights, because if, because the gravity, there is no gravity and your body immediately starts to shed all this excess weight that you do not need. When the guys get back from space, traditionally they have been, uh, they had to go through, uh, my wifi is tripping. So I apologize that my voice sounds uh, screwy, but they had to go through rehabilitation, uh, and until they got uh, the point where they invented devices, like bicycles and, and, and weights that they could take with them on the space shuttles and the rockets or whatever. So that when they're up there in space on the space station, they can then work out to, to continue keeping the muscle tone that they're going to need on earth. So quickly we would evolve into that. And then quickly, if we landed on a planet, we would have to make sure that the gravitational forces wouldn't destroy us. And if they're a lot more uh, uh, dense than we're used to, we would have to get used to that. And it, um, Philip K. Dick uh, wrote, I believe it was Philip K. Dick. Uh, give me a second if it wasn't. I'll remember that it wasn't. It might not have been. Uh, um, no, it was, I think. No, no. Yeah, because he he wrote, who wrote uh, Fahrenheit 451? Was that Philip K. Dick? Uh, for those of you who are out there, uh, uh, let me know. He also wrote The Illustrated Man. Um, and it might not have been, it might've been somebody else. Well, he wrote Fire and Ice. The book, uh, the one of the short stories was called Fire and Ice. And these people lived in this valley where they were in caves, right? And uh, it got really hot, I think, and it got really cold at night. Uh, so they had to hide in the caves to stay warm. And then it got really hot in the middle of the day so they could only go out for a short time. Uh, And they would uh, then go to war with the people who lived on the other side of the valley in those caves. And they would fight with each other. And they had to run uh, because they they only had a short amount of time from when the sun came up until it was too hot. So they had to get out there, have their battles, and then either conquer a cave on the other uh, side or get back to their cave. And they had to eat the entire time to keep their metabolism up. Eventually, they made their way uh, to another area. This group of people made their way to another area. And there was a spaceship there. And they climbed inside because the the sun was about to, to burn them because it was too hot. That's why it was called Fire and Ice. During the day, it was so hot that everything would catch fire, and during the night, it was so cold everything would freeze. So they lived in the twilight of morning and night. Do you understand? So they, well, I had to get into the spaceship because they had nowhere else to go, and then he couldn't make it back to their caves. So they saw this thing and they didn't know what it was, but they kind of feel they felt like they knew uh, about this thing, and they went inside. When they went inside. Uh, It wasn't very long after they went inside and closed the door that everyone collapsed to the ground and was unconscious. And they stayed there for a while. uh, And then they finally came to after a few hours and they got up and looked around and they instinctively had an idea of how all of this worked. And they were like, wait a minute. I think that I know how this thing works. And what had happened was they had landed on the planet. And when they went outside, the environment outside was completely different from their environment inside the spaceship which was what they were used to and it caused them to lose their memory of the spaceship and then they got caught outside and realized they had to hide in caves and then they eventually were fighting against some of their own crew members but didn't know it and they were and well, they didn't even know what their purpose was and they were just fighting with these other crew members and eventually they made their way and found the spaceship and had to go in there when they did they collapsed and were unconscious because the it, the the atmosphere inside was different than the atmosphere outside, and they couldn't stand the, uh, the so it was like getting the bends. So they collapsed and were unconscious, and then once their body adjusted to this whole new environment, which was their old environment, they woke up and their and the the veiling had started to to disappear and they realized who they were and they realized that the other people out there were part of their crew now and they had to figure out how to uh, save them, right? Uh, without going outside and becoming them once again and, and being mind wiped. And they never finished it. Uh, that's how he ended it was that they then were, were contemplating just taking off and leaving the other one stuck there because they were afraid that they would uh, fall under the same spell that they were under before. Right. So that's show, um, the reason I talk about that is because it shows the diversity and how we as humans would would evolve quickly. Right. And we could still have issues. But so could we become gray aliens at some point? Yes. But as soon as we landed somewhere where there was an atmosphere because of who we are, we're not going to completely lose that ability to transform is my point. So we wouldn't then if we landed here on Earth, it wouldn't take very long. And the gray alien would start becoming very human like again a growing muscle and then the bones would become denser and then their mass would become larger. So if any gray aliens were uh, humans in the past, they would still have that genetic predisposition in them to then uh, um, become diverse and change with the atmosphere that they're in. So therefore, if a gray alien came here and they were from the future, this is my scientific mind again, right? Being a physicist uh, is that we would evolve and start to de-evolve, and back to human because that's what it means to be and what the equilibrium of this planet is is to support three-dimensional humanoid bipedal life forms That's why we would we would then turn into that or if we were, uh, you know, lizard people and we had become greys, we would be returning back to that lizard body because that's what it would be the equilibrium here. So we would start to regress and start having we may not come back to be exactly the human race that we have now, but it would be some form near closer to that. Pardon me. That's just my that's my opinion of my speculative mind dealing with this. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right. Uh, except I'd be completely wrong, and and we could and literally we could be just as it's just as possible that gray aliens are us from the future. I don't believe that it is because I haven't heard that from any of my sources, right? However, we would turn into something like that. But so far, we haven't encountered that. The stuff that has come from the future has been us or the the um, cybernetic version of us because of the temporal war. Uh, uh, being, um, you know, that we become like the Borg, basically, without the hive mind yet. And I think that was starting to, I think that's starting to be integrated uh, into the temporal war now, where there's only about 700,000 humans left on Earth, and they're all integrated like the Borg, and, you know, mostly machine. And then the other side of the coin in the temporal war is we, as we are now, ascend into the future, and we're not, and we stop the AI consumption of the human body. And uh, we, we, you know, downplayed the AI and stopped tinkering with our own bodies. And there's, you know, uh, seven, eight trillion of us or eight billion of us like there is here. That's the temporal war. A lot of guys, a lot of you guys don't know about what's going on currently um, outside of this reality. But only in the fourth dimension, which is the next place where it, we still call this Earth. And, but we don't look exactly the way we do now in this corporal form. We're, we're different. But this is it's still earth and it's still like this, there with some changes. Okay, let's continue.
1: I've never looked at a bug or flower in the same way since then, not to mention my religious belief in Genesis. Four second splice, Roswell alien interview.
0: Okay, so we are going to stop there because it's at the end of uh. It's the chapter 11, the beginning of chapter 11, end of chapter 10. And I, and I say that for those of you who are on the MP3 file, uh, we're just under, um, I was, came on at four. We're just under three hours, two hours and 48 minutes, two hours and 49 minutes. Uh, I didn't intend to go this long, but I wanted to get some more headway. So we got 32 minutes into uh, this segment, which is pretty good for one Friday to get 30 minutes in, right? So we'll, we'll stop it, or I'm going to call it there, uh, and we'll pick it up next Friday. Right here at the alien interview, um, the beginning of chapter 11, let me jot down the time ratio that we're at here, the aspect ratio. At the three hour, 32 minute mark, we'll start there. So we'll back it up 35 seconds, 36 seconds, and we'll start there for next week, right? Okay. So I love you guys. Those of you who stayed, those of you who are new listeners, thank you for, for tuning in. I don't know how long you stayed. If you stayed the whole time, I love you for that. Um, if you missed the beginning, you can go back and watch that. Uh, I will have this up on the MP3, um, uh, uh, broadcast within the hour. Uh, maybe two hours just depends on how long it takes me to burn the file. And, uh, and upload it as well as getting food in myself and my mother for dinner. But I'll have it up today. So those of you who want to listen to it, you don't want to see the MP4 file and, you you know, because you just want to listen to me, that'll be anywhere or everywhere you listen to MP3 file podcasts. And if it's not there, go to podbean.com slash Orion Rising. You'll find uh, the RSS code there for you to just copy. You can take it to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and you can give it to that company uh, and you should know how to do that. And if not, you can get a hold of a moderator and tell them I have an RSS number for a podcast that I want to have broadcast here, and they will take it from you and they will put it in their system so that all of my shows that are uh, have been broadcast on Podbean will be there. And there's 291 episodes, or 293. This will be the 293rd or 394th episode that I have out on the MP3 file. I have over 400 on YouTube and Orion rising, uh, on YouTube and Orion rising on Facebook. I have more cause there's some that are converted from a computer that I don't have access to anymore to get that, <laughs> to get those files, to put onto the other, um, uh, um, genres. Uh, I can, I've realized now that I can burn them from YouTube. I just haven't gone back to the, you know, uh, six years ago, uh, we're in a season five. I haven't gone back five years ago to, um, take those old videos and put them on there. I I figured for those people who want to surf my YouTube channel and my Orion rising channel on, on Facebook uh, and on, uh, um, on YouTube, you guys can search that and you guys get the bonus of uh, videos that aren't posted on the MP3 broadcast, right? There's even videos there that I did before I had my podcast uh, on YouTube before I had my podcast, when I was doing videos about the book that I was writing, uh, how to, how to get a, um, uh, or or, uh, I'm sorry, surviving prepping slash survival for beginners. Uh, there's videos that I had there that are, um, part of chapter one and two of that book that I videoed. So you guys can look at that if you wish. So I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is Orion rising. I am your host and your director and your producer and your writer and your everything. Leonard (laughs) O'Neill. I love you guys. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Right. Right. If you get the time, can you relay how I can find the book where that you're talking about uh, fire and ice? Yeah, that you just have to. um, I don't know who the artist was now. Let me Google that while I'm still on the air. All right. Let me let's do that while I'm still on the air. I'm going to Google fire and ice and see if I can find out who who that was. Right. It's a story, a short story from another... I don't remember the name of the book now. Um, wait, here we go. They have... No, that's not it, though. There is there is a novel that's called Fire and Ice by J.A. Jantz, but that's not who it, who it is. And there's another one um, called Fire and Ice by George R.R. R. Martin. That's not it either, okay? So I'm trying to find... Let me look up the other books that he wrote. What is this? No, that's not it either. Clive Russell? No, that's not it either. Okay, so hold on. Ray Bradbury. That's who wrote that book. Hold on. It's Ray Bradbury book. He wrote Fahrenheit 451. Let me look up
1: Ray Bradbury. Okay, let me see if I
0: can figure out where, what book it was in. I was I got on this kick when I was a kid of reading all these Ray Bradbury books, and it was in one of them because it was a bunch of short stories. Let's see, Ray Bradbury wrote <clears throat> Fahrenheit 451, The Illustrated Man, The um, uh, Martian The Martian Chronicles, um, Wait, what's this? This is Stories by Ray Bradbury. It might have been in that book. The Stories of Ray Bradbury by Ray Bradbury? No. I don't see it here, but there... Also, Something Wicked This Way Comes was written by Ray Bradbury. So you guys know who Ray Bradbury is, the Martian Chronicles. Um, but I don't know which one here. So let me
1: write Ray Bradbury, Fire and Ice, short story. Let me try if I can find that, Okay. okay
0: actually i think it's actually called fire and ice let me pull this up i'm loading it now so let me see if this is actually ray bradbury's book no that's a dvd maybe they made a movie out of it (laughs) there's a dvd called fire and ice maybe that's Maybe that was a see that looks like the heavy metal, so it might be a a continuation of heavy metal, the movie. So that's not it. Let's see here. Um, It's one of his short stories. Here's one that says the stories of Ray Bradbury, but I'm not finding Fire and Ice. Wait a minute, what's this? Fire and Ice short story. Here we go. Fire and Ice short story. Fire and Ice is a short story by Ray Bradbury and a and the 14th of his. Collection R is for rocket. Ah, so it might have been R is for rocket or S as in S is for space. Uh, might have been in that book. Okay, so I'm reading it here. It says Fire and Ice is a short story by Ray Bradbury and the 14th in his collection, R is for rocket. It was first published in Planet Stories, fall of 1946, as the creatures that time forgot. The story is about short lived humans on a planet similar to Mercury. Okay, so the original story was, you can look that up then, guys. The original story was uh, published in Planet Stories, and that was, uh, came out in the fall of 1946. I read a version of it that came out later than that, I believe, and that was in the, oh, uh, it's called Frost and I- Frost and Fire. My bad, see? So it's not Fire and Ice. 273 Frost and Fire, 1946 by Ray Bradbury. So I guess it wasn't called Fire and Ice originally. It was called Frost and Fire, and I think he, when they redid it, uh, it was originally the creatures that time forgot, and then it was frost and fire, and then he eventually called it fire and ice. So you can look those up, Ray Bradbury, uh, and look up the um, his short stories, and you'll find it in one of his books. Look through the R's for Rocket uh, series, and you'll find it there, right? But so, so it is Ray Bradbury. Hopefully, you guys are still here listening to me, right? <laughs> I was off on the other page, I apologize uh, for those of you who, who left. So cool, Julie said, got it, thanks. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, uh, is it Robert Frost? No, Steve, it's not Robert Frost. However, uh, Robert Frost is great, it's Ray Bradbury. Um, so yeah, so read that story then, you'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, and if it's the, the uh, original, like I said, that it was in one of his short stories, it was a book that had a bunch of short stories in it, and that was one of them that was in there. Um, otherwise Ray Bradbury is a great writer. If you've seen any of those movies, uh, you know, they, they, I see he, he was writing at the same time as Philip K. Dick's Philip K. Dick wrote, of course, do androids dream of electric sheep, which became blade runner. Uh, and, uh, um, um, what is it? Um, uh, um, that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he was, uh, went to Mars and he was mind wiped in the whole nine. I can't think it was called now. Uh, and that was one of his books as well. And they redid it, uh, in, about five years ago. And I can't think of the name of it, uh, but a lot of a lot of movies that were made uh, were made from you know those two science fiction novelists who wrote stuff in the 40s, and they're brilliant, brilliant. Uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of great great literature. I mean, think of J.R.R. R. Tolkien, 40s, right? You got Ray Bradbury, 40s. You know, you got uh, all these great uh, writers that wrote these science fiction novels in the 40s that we've made movies out of in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and even into the 2020s, we're, we're, we're redoing the movies from these guys. And I read these books when I was a kid growing up, right? So it was, in, it was pretty intense. So you guys should check that out. Uh, and, and that's actually a metaphor for, I'm not going to get involved in that, but uh, if you do, Julie, if you read... Uh, that Ray Bradbury story. I would love for you to use it as homework. You don't have to talk to me during a show. You can instant message me. But if you catch the message behind that, the moral behind that story, the that's a parable again uh, for something very spiritual. I'd love. I'd love to see if you catch it. Uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and tell me, do a little homework for me. You don't have to, but I always love it when, when people do that, because if you get it and I didn't get it when I read it, but looking back on the story, while I was telling you the story, I understood what that parable was talking about now. And I didn't know that when I read it 25 years ago and I never got it until just now, while I was talking about the story and I actually was like, wow. And that's why I said, Julia, I'd love to hear your take on it. So it's a parable. Uh, just like almost everything else, right? Uh, these these science fiction novelists or just writers in general. Some of us don't realize what the story is they're trying to tell us in these parables until later on in life when you actually start waking up and then you go back and look at the stuff. That's why that Sufi who uh, spent his entire life, right? It may take a couple of weeks. I don't, there's no timeline here, right? Julie said, it may take a couple of weeks, man. I, you know, I have 11 bodies in my house. No, no, it's okay. I'm just saying when you do get around to it, if you read it, I'd love to see if, if you, I'm not saying you will catch it. I never caught it. Like I said, 25 years later, I'm just now awake enough, but I think you might be awake enough too to catch the parable. And if you don't, I'm all right with that too. Right. I might even be wrong. <laughs> I, might even, I haven't read it for so long. I might even think that I know what I'm talking about. I bet it's on Kindle. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll bet it's on Kindle. I bet you can get it for a couple of bones on Kindle, right? So I may go back and read that myself to see if I if I understood the variable the, the proper way, right? So all these books that are written when you that that Sufi he, the that the, everyone talks about, he was trying to uh, uh, become awake awake, and he bought all these books on how to look within and become awake. And he spent all his lifetime doing it. And the one day when he woke up and he actually was awake, he actually woke up. He took all the books that he had bought and took it out in the front lawn and burned them because they were all useless. And it was right there. And he said, it was right there in front of me the entire time. And it really is that when you, when it's, it's, and I tell people that when you wake up, you literally realize you're like Neo and you look around, you see ones and zeros and zeros and ones for the first time. And you understand them as, the visuals that we already see now, but you see past that. You don't only see that anymore. And what happens is then everything in your life becomes clear and you see that reoccurring story in everything. And you go, wow, how did I miss this? It literally is in every piece of literature I've ever read. It's in every story ever told it's in every music ever played. It's in every, Bible ever written, every dictionary ever written, every language ever thought of. It's in every communication ever communicated. It is everything. And it's right there for us to see, and we don't see it. And we're looking right at it, and we're looking through it, past it, every single moment of our lives until you see it. And then you giggle for the rest of your days every time you look around and you see it. And then you recognize it in a new place and go, how did I not see that there? That was my favorite book of all time. I know why now. (laughs) Subconsciously or superconsciously, I was getting it, right? And that's what happens to you. And that's what happens to us. And I'm glad that it's happening. And I'm glad that it happens to me and happens to you and happens to everybody because I understand how and why some people have come back to this point to relive this. Because it is so beautiful when it happens. <clears throat> it, it, and I know that it's just the tip of the iceberg. <clears throat> Pardon me. See, I've been talking too much. My voice is starting to go. <clears> That's the universe saying, time to shut up, Leo. Right? So now I'll go be quiet. I'll say maybe two words in the next three hours. That's no joke. I have to do that. Um, and the reason I do that, I have I have damaged vocal cords. That's why I have this beautiful voice that I have. I almost lost my voice completely about seven or eight years ago now. I had a cyst on my vocal cords, right? Yeah, I got to get dinner and rest. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Julie. Right. So um, I got a cyst on my vocal cords and my vocal cords were all squished together with a cyst that was attaching all the cords. So I made one sound Uh, and that was this. I talked like this for about two and a half years. That's all I could do. And uh, we were rehabilitating and trying to go up and down through the scale, doing exercises uh, with my vo- with my voice, and it would hurt. <clears throat> but they were afraid to do any kind of surgery because if they went in there and they were trying to remove the cyst and it went wrong, I would all the all the vocal cords would, would snap, and I would have no voice forever. Right? So they said you're stuck with this voice until and if until a time comes when your body heals that. Cyst and it goes away. If it doesn't, it gets worse. Uh, and then it pops, you have you will have no voice for the rest of your life. If we try to go in right now and do surgery on it, there's a pretty good possibility that we'll fail. So, what we can do for you is have you do exercises and hope it goes away. One day it did. It took a lot of rehabilitation and a lot of time and it hurt and a lot of effort. Every time I tried to do it, I'd be in pain. And then one day it, something happened and it was, and it was, I made a sound. And it hurt, and I felt something pop in my, my larynx, my vocal cords. And I thought, oh, no. When I open my mouth now, I'm not going to have a voice. And I opened my mouth, and I made a sound. And I started moving through the, the octaves upward. And I was able to make more than one sound. And it hurt a lot. And I, But I could make the sound. And it was very scratchy, and, and it hurt. And so I tried it. And then I waited and uh, over the course of the next 7 to 10 days. <clears throat> I was able to start making good headway and it didn't hurt as much. And then over the course of the next six months, I was able to heal uh, to the point where I can now talk, but this is the voice that I have. And I have limited capacity on time when I start talking. And when I'm doing a show like this and I'm talking the entire time, three hours is a lot for my vocal cords. So I normally try to stay at one or two hours and not do this. But today I went long. And you guys know a lot of times I do this and I go for three hours, but after that I got to stop. So, all right, I have to stop now. I have to go get food for my mother, myself, and I need to quit speaking so my vocal cords can rest. So I love you guys. Please share this out. I'll see uh, you guys on Wednesday who want to show, see me on the, or hear me on the show Wednesday. I'm going to try and have Miguel come on this Wednesday and uh, this coming Wednesday. And then uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff like we did next Friday. We'll pick up the alien interview at, part 19 right here at chapter 11. All right. So I love you guys. Have a great day. And right. Yeah. Oh, and, and Steve, good for the, you know, good, good plug for you there. Let me put this up on the screen. Right. All right. Archive.org details. What is that? Quinon project. Is that what the QAnon project looking glass, a project Camelot interview. Nice. Is that uh, you on the show, Steve, or is that you're promoting someone else's show? I want to give credit where credit's due. So if it's you, that it's your show or your interview, I want people to know that. So please let, so please say that so that people in the chat will know that if it's just the interview um, uh, that you like, that's okay too, because you know um, we're, we're not you. Okay. So it's a, you're, you're a QAnon friendly, uh project Camelot uh, interview. So, so I'm okay with that uh, because that's, that's coalition friendly. So, Otherwise, I would have deleted you and went, oh, we can't have that here, buddy. But I, I'm uh, in a grants. So those of you who want to you can click on that interview uh, and hear that, I have not listened to that interview. But just from the name of it, I'm pretty sure of the content, right? So um, yeah, you guys should check that out. <laughs> and I'll probably check that out. So Steve, thanks, brother. Uh, have a great night. Like I said, I love you guys. Um, namaste. Um, I could have put you guys, I could be, you know, here I am talking with the thing, not me, right? There I am for my ugly mug. For those of you on the MP4 file, you can see my ugly mug coming up here, right? Um, With my Santa beard, I got my full beard going. My full Santa beard started growing um, in August, July. Yeah. Started growing in July this year to to get it longer because now we don't have to wear a mask. So the last couple of years, nobody got to see my Santa beard except for those of you who saw me here on air. Uh, And nowadays I can walk around with a Santa beard out and not have to wear a mask, except for certain few places. I am in the state of California where we are in a not free state. We are in an occupied uh, uh, zone of the, of the democratic communist party uh, for now. All right, guys, have a great night. I love you. I'll see some of you on Wednesday. And uh, if not, those of you who just listened to the Friday show next Friday, we'll come back and we'll do part, part 19 of alien interview. And we'll listen to some more of what Errol had to say and, and pick apart the lies, and uh, hopefully glean some shit that she was trying not to tell us by accident, like she did do, and I pointed that out several times, right, and who knows, maybe it was done on purpose, we don't know, right, either way, either way, she's giving us good information, and also giving us crap, right, so it's just our job at this point to sift through what the juicy stuff is she's telling us, and then sift out the other crap, all right, guys, have a great night, I'll see you on the flip side.